I think maybe she did too much coke. Oh, do you think so, doctor? Oh. No, this girl's definitely OD'd. Oh, fuck me. Okay, I want you to handle this for me, Johnny. Listening to me? Yeah. Pick her up, get her in the car, and drive her to St. Joe's. Yeah. Drop her off in the front. I don't want any of it. You don't understand? Got you. Got you. Make sure no one sees the gun. Got it. the fuck is this? This is twice in two days and the chick is OD'd on me. Well, do you think this means that maybe you ought to think about getting some new shit? What do you think? Don't leave me hanging, man. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to a brand new episode of Fascinated with Film. Brand new. Brand new. Spanking. <laughs> Out of the new. <laughs> so how is everyone doing? Doing good. Hope everyone enjoyed doing the character actors pretty pod. good. Yeah, what did you do this last week, Justin? So um, I had a couple of fun things I got to do. Um, got to go fishing on Monday um, and caught, like, a four-foot alligator oh. gar. Um, yeah, it, what is it again? An alligator gar? Yeah. Is yeah. what they call it? It's a yeah. fish, huh? Yeah. But it has a long snout. Oh, yeah. it's like a kind of like a pike or a pickerel? Even longer. Yeah, but it's got that? like a, a like, long it looks, There's snout. a reason it they looks, call it the alligator. Yeah. It looks ridiculous. Yeah, oh, really? it's got the Does face of... I, well, I'm, I've never... It's got to be pretty you know. unique. Like, you knew what it was, right? When you Well, when I out. saw it, I knew what it yeah. was. But, you know, when I was fighting with it, you know, I, yeah. I didn't. Um, but, yeah, so that what was... What are you hoping to catch? What's your number one, oh, I will go home and I will cook this fish immediately? Um... Probably a few speckled trout, yeah. um, spotted trout. Um, trout man, yeah. Trout's I caught one. Fish. I caught one out there, and it was a nice size. But I only caught the one, so I threw it back. Yeah. Um, but dude, I got broke off three times. Really? Yeah. Like just wasn't even having it. So that was. Fun. You got probably some good leaders. Oh yeah, no, I, they're they're running big out there right now, and I'm not telling Red you where fish. my spot is. Um, <laughs> Redfish is what I always hope to catch. If yeah. I'm offshore. I mean, I have to go grouper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or or, red or tuna. Oh, dude. I I don't think I could reel in a tuna. Yeah. I really don't. Like, like physically. I'd yeah, like I'd love to try. Would, your spine would snap well, in half. Yeah. Have you ever seen them cranking the rod where oh, they yeah. use one hand to pull the pull line down, down and the other to you know to crank? And dude, I mean that they do that for like thirty minutes, bro. I thought like it was yeah. longer than that. Probably. I thought it was hours. It pro- I mean, for those giant ones, I'm sure it is. You know. Um, Crazy. So yeah. So that was awesome. But then like um, you so, know, I won that. I won that Nashville contest to, oh, yeah. to go and compete for that song. Well, I didn't win the contest, but what? I won to go and... Uh, <laughs> oh, I thought that was already given. That wasn't? It was still up in the air? Well, there's two other people that are oh, performing, gotcha. so we're they're... competing for yeah. a grand prize. Um, so I got to go up to the high dive the same night what? and just go up there for three hours and just like practice being on stage and everything. What? Yeah, yeah. That's awesome, man. So it was a lot of fun, dude. <laughs> in front of people? No, well, in front of the sound guy. Oh. <laughs> but I didn't want to. Yeah, no, I seemed impressed. Yeah, I didn't want to do it in front of people. I mean, you know, like it, it's just going to be the same thing over and over and over again. You know, but it was a lot of fun. I, I you know, I really enjoyed. Uh, myself. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, random. I, I thought of it when you were uh, when you're just talking about uh, reeling stuff in for some weird reason. Me and my wife were driving to uh, I think it was Target the other day, and we're uh, behind this one car at the uh, at like the light and everything, and. We were both, for some reason, looking down at the same time, and a rat just fell out from underneath the bottom. Holy and shit! Ran, big one ran across the street, and the, there was uh, like was with traffic, but there was no one coming, so they had the other lane, who also had a great sight of this big rat running across the street and to the other side, <laughs> ran into the bushes. I'm like, Do they have nutria down here? <laughs> what is it? What those those swamp rats in? In Louisiana? Oh, I don't think nutria. I think is maybe on in the Everglades or something, but. They look like 
they look like giant rats, but yeah. they're actually like muskrats or something yeah, like that. There's something else. Yeah, uh, yeah. Muskrats. I was going to say there's like that Koopa Bear or whatever. Yeah, it kind of looks. It yeah. kind of <laughs> looks like that. To be Kappa honest, Kappa bears are sweet, man. Yeah, they're awesome. I'd, I'd hang out with a Koopa. Yeah. <laughs> but they're tasty. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't take it dark. We are talking drama here, though. So <laughs> why you gotta be so dramatic? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so dramatic, dude. Uh, all right, yeah, we're gonna talk some '90s drama today, man. And this is a fun category, I think. Sort All of. mine that I've got on my list, I've seen in the movies. The '90s, I was a, I, I've been going a lot more of the movies uh, lately too. But in the '90s, man, I went to like three out of four out of five. There were times where I saw everything on the marquee mm-hmm. in the yeah. '90s. Four I mean, or five, you saw in the movies. How about you, Justin? You seen all those um, in the theater? No, actually, I think I only saw one in the theater. You sad. <laughs> <laughs> you can't get back, go back and get that time back. Now. Actually, you can. He's too busy walking to the <laughs> gas station. <laughs> <laughs> nice throwback. Oh, no uh, you actually can't. I grew go up with that gas station. <laughs> God damn it! I still go there today. <laughs> I, I a do. Father it's I never <laughs> had. That's <laughs> the only family I ever had. <laughs> I love you, sushi machine. <laughs> uh, you actually can't go back and see some of these movies. Fathom is going crazy with re-releasing shit now. Oh, yeah? They, they are really... I think The Shining is coming out now in the theater. You can yeah, that's see right. The Hell not, man. If you can't, I, it's if brilliant. can't make good movies, put good movies yeah. in the theater. Especially if you have an empty theater to, yeah. to play it. What's yeah. what's the problem? Yeah. I mean, well, they have to pay for probably the rights, but if, as long as that's like... The th- that's the main deal, because... It, we could come up with an idea like that, but yeah. we could never secure the rights of those. Films. Right, yeah. And those are the things Fathom is not covered by. I don't think that Regal Unlimited card too. So that's like an extra thing on top right. of their uh, monthly thing, which I really should do. I know I'm gonna screw myself probably out of a good hundred dollars before I come to my senses. Yeah, because I, feel I, you. I, I wonder what happens when the intellectual property runs out on some of these older films. You could literally have a movie theater and just run films. Yeah, I mean there are some public domain. Yeah, films. yeah, that's what I'm saying. But uh, Night of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, you can be right every out there year and play more. More films go on that list, so yeah. at one time, you know, yeah. one of my movies is going to be on there. Yeah, that would be crazy. Sweet. Unless someone snatches it up, I mean, not, isn't that what happens too, right? People snatch up the rights to it. Not if it goes into pu- public domain. Is people you profit snatch, off, off of it? Now anybody can use it in anything they want. Yeah, that's why people pulled. What would bring years. something like that's already uh, optioned or uh, owned into that years. realm? It, ha- it, it just re- ha- a time it, period. Time period: seventy-five years or eighty years oh. or something. Well. Oh. Hmm. So Back to the Future just one day we could start a movie theater. Show Back to yeah. the Future back to when back. When we're not back. here anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and when movies are implanted in your head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wasn't that great? It was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So yeah, 90s dramas, man. And uh, there's a lot of good stuff. This list can... Uh, Anything, you know, dramas can be tearjerkers, can be action, could be uh, drug movies. It could be cop movies. Uh What's it could be genres. Well, <laughs> it can't be comedy, but there can be a slight bit of comedy in it, I think, where it would fall in that category. The uh, Maid, I didn't even saw it, but wasn't that sort of that? What was? The Maid. Maid? Or Maid. Maid. Yeah, the, the sequel to Swingers the, by John Fravor. The no, John no, 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 no. The, with, the, with the house, with the, the maids. I'm trying to remember. The maids. What, 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 are, the maids, I'm what sure. are the maids doing it? The, the only, I never saw it. All I remember is the one scene they baked like shit in a pie and served it to the oh, rich people. Oh, help. Oh, the, the help. Maids yeah. help. Come on. <laughs> just meet me in the middle. Oh, <laughs> that one that was ruined for you. Oh, man. You just triggered poor Justin. Yeah. Was <laughs> oh, was that a trigger? No, dude. No, I didn't <laughs> write that down. He told that story before. I had somebody ruined the uh, help form before, the as, while he was renting it. Yeah. Like, Dave oh. wouldn't do that. But like, at the red box, I'm like Ooh, getting the movie out, cold-hearted. and he was like, "You know what? I bet that guy goes there a lot and does that. That's probably one of his favorite things to do." 
luckily I oh, haven't seen God. him since. Anyone listening to this is going to think it's in the movie The Maids anyways. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk some 90s drama here. Justin, oh, yeah. let's go. Give us a bit. Start with a strong one here. Strong um, one. Try to... Knock it. I dare you. <laughs> Silence oh. of the Lambs. Will not be knocked with some beans. <laughs> <laughs> and a nice Chianti. <laughs> what will a not great be movie, man. This man. Was, oh, so great. I think I mentioned before that I had I had read the book Is the this day. Uh, no, uh, Jodie Foster. Oh, Jonathan Debbie. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and uh, I had read the book the day before I saw the movie. Oh, wow. And it was... Oh, yeah, most most right. people were, like, super pissed when they remake uh, books in the movies. This was phenomenally done. There, In my opinion, there's no one unless you... Uh, obviously, you're going to miss some detail, but as far as being faithful to it, it was one of the more faithful... Uh, Movie did it win best adapted screenplay? It, it won everything. Oh, wow. <laughs> everything? Yeah. It did. It won all the big awards. It won uh, really? actor, uh, actress. Best uh, actress. So it, made, it must not have won. I bet they considered uh, Anthony Hopkins supporting actor in that. So it probably didn't win best actor. Sir Anthony. Uh, sorry, to you. Anthony. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> uh, let's see. We got best picture, best actor, best actress, best director. <laughs> Best Screen. adapted screenplay, yeah. <laughs> best sound mix. Oh. oh wait, well it was a nominee for best sound. Oh, mix. you loser! And, <laughs> it, and it was a nominee for best film editing. Oh, oh man, yeah, it was. Who was it against? Insane. Who was it against that year? Did it say uh, all of those? No. Uh, the sound what other mixing nominees? What are the nominees for best picture? That uh, you got to give me a second. That takes. Come so, on, d- what's the year for sound? Winners Slims? and nominees must have been. Uh, 95? Um, 94. Earlier, yeah. I bet it's 94. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to take too fucking All right, long. let's talk some yeah, Silent Slams. Actors. Jodie Foster, probably one of the best things she's ever done. Yep. Yeah. Uh, even the minor actors like Scott Glenn were, were amazing yep. in this. Uh, Anthony Hopkins, clearly. And people forget how very similar to when we talk about our like character actors, careers being revitalized. Anthony Hopkins' career was completely revitalized by this movie. Oh, yeah. He was I know acting, who he, he is because of forever. that movie. <clears throat> I mean, he had been already acting for 30 years and done big movies. He was in The Bounty, played mm-hmm. Captain Bly. He was in The Elephant Man. He had uh, done tons Captain and tons Bly, of movies. Oh, he was so Captain good in, in The Bounty. Yeah. Man, we haven't talked to Bounty yet. That was a fantastic film based on a, a really good set of books, too. Mm. Uh, <clears throat> who else we got actors-wise? Uh, Ted Levine. Ted Levine, Please. I love Ted Levine, man. Yeah, Buffalo Bill. Yeah, he went on to do a serious horror kind of uh, career along with playing cops everywhere. He was like yeah. the chief police on Monk. Is that what he? Uh, I don't did? know, but he was. I think he did. He was great in um, Hills Have Eyes. Yeah, he was great in Hills Have Eyes. He was great in American Gangster. Heat too. He was the he was um, Russell Crowe's boss. Oh, that's right. And he's like. He's like, how much is there? Nine hundred thousand. Yeah. How much <laughs> before you counted it? Yeah. Nine hundred thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Anthony Heald. Anthony Heald, man. Yeah, He's as awesome. The man. Director I, of the mental. He'll prison. always be known as that kind of shady ass yeah, kind I'm of guy. I'm gonna go meet an old friend for yeah. dinner. Thanks to his paperclip, or was it paperclip, or a, uh, like a, a, I think it was a pen, pen, maybe. It was a pen that he yeah. stole from him. Man, remember he pulled the inside. It was yeah. the inside of the pen. Inside yeah. of the pen. God, that scene. I don't know what for you guys is your favorite scene from that movie, but the scene where the, cop. the scene where he's in that cell yeah. in the middle of the thing, and he yeah. gets Charles Napier to come into the cell mm-hmm. and everything, and then locks him to the thing, and you don't realize what he did. It was very wonderfully it was didn't get editing huh for uh no because this was beautifully edited yeah how it was done and uh you know the the guys the SWAT team on the ground just trying to get up there we got a live one we got a live uh, one got it and ending on that scene in the uh 
in the freaking ambulance with him sitting up yep. with that guy's face on. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite? You didn't scene? see it coming. Um, no, no definitely not. not. There's so many good scenes in this movie. Yeah, like, name a couple. We. I think probably more than anything, it's the the where she's telling him about the lambs yeah, well, and that how that's creepy. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like and how he was just like getting inside her head. You know what I mean? And just like, that's the scene I don't look forward to because it's kind of like, oh, you got to hear her talking about the lambs. The lambs getting slaughtered again. Yeah, but, but it was amazing those two right opposite each other. Yeah. How about you? I. I like the Buffalo Bill stuff. Absolutely. With the oh, loud yeah. music Absolutely. and he's like dancing around. Where he Bundy styles her into the van. Yeah. Well, and then I remember, the scene I remember the most <clears throat> is he like, he put her face down and he pulled her dress, ripped her dress off and he saw her back. Yeah. His, well, that, even before that, skin. remember right before he made his move, he uh, he was dragging he the couch. He asked her what size he asked she her what was. Size oh, that's yeah. right. That's and right. Then, then he did it. Yeah. Yeah. It creepy as hell. And then seeing Super her in the, uh, in the bottom of the you pit. Know, I mean, that's Ted Bundy's MO right there. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Cast on the arm. Yeah. I'm a handsome guy. Why wouldn't you help me? Right. Now, yeah. One of the best kind of, they did this really well on speed too with editing. And, and for me, it would have been the thing that would put it over on it is when you thought the SWAT team was oh, invading Buffalo yeah, Bill's man. house. And they oh, were yeah. they were in a completely different location. Remember, they did that in speed too. Right. And uh, uh, very effective because any moviegoer watching it is never going to think opposite of what right. it is. So when she knocked on that door and you thought it was going to be someone slamming on the door yeah. and she knocked and he answered, she's like, oh, fuck, she is all there by herself. Yeah, well, and he even then, when it, when the moth, when yep. she saw the moth, oh yeah, you know what I mean. Like, well, she oh. had to enter, and that is a tough job as a cop entering someone else's home who knows the entire location. Yeah, and then he cuts the power. Yeah, <laughs> her breathing I mean, and like uh, trying to find her way through with that, and him with that, the night vision, they like put a barricade around the whole place. Yeah. It's, it's well, that was the thing though. The she didn't. Killed. She didn't know that. Like, yeah, she was just going to interview. Him. Yeah, yeah. She figured out pretty quick. Oh yeah. One, yeah. Oh. That was her fault. She should have left. Yeah. Yeah. But she probably thought there was only limited time to save the girl in the well. Oh man! And she was like, "Get back here, you bitch!" Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's such a natural reaction. Oh yeah, that was absolutely. Great that in there. When the dog fell in the pit. Oh yeah, yeah. that was great. Yeah, Got you precious. Yeah, <laughs> precious. Uh, oh yeah. man, just him and then him doing the uh, uh, the, the, the tuck. between the, the tuck, yeah. which yeah. I love being redone in uh, Jay and Silent Bob. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When Jay does it outside the store, it's That's one of my hysterical. favorites. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, yeah. And, he, I remember him talking about it, man, and it definitely did change his career and everything for a while there. But now to the point when he once he grew that mustache, you could show pictures of Jamie Gunn to people, and they yeah. probably wouldn't even know no. it was Ted Levine. He knew, right? He was like, yeah. "Shit, now I got to get the mustache." He was that guy that uh, he was in really he, enjoyed the mustache once he got it. And it's like people like it too much. It's me now. I yeah. gotta not get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. it's like. Yeah. No, Tom Selleck, don't shave that thing. Yeah. yeah, Tom Selleck does it every once in a while, and I think Twitter goes uh, crazy. Freaks out. Go that fucker back. <laughs> we have a mustache down. Yeah. We have a mustache down. <laughs> they have the uh, those pop figures, those Funko pop figures, and uh, they put one out at. They call it a Chase figure, which is a special one. They put only like one in a box, so people go all over the stores to try to find one. They have a they have a Jeopardy one with Alex Trebek, and the Chase one he has a stash. Oh, <laughs> oh, really? And the other one doesn't, so it's very interesting. Yeah, how to make your stuff? That's a that would be a good business they're i can't believe they haven't like uh gone into the movie. tank yet oh, they, yeah, yeah they're, they're doing making, a movie that's yeah. what you would think any fad like that would be completely gone now but yeah. it's just gotten bigger like they're really preying but on sell uh, sell your figures collectability you well yeah. that's the thing I, i've before had a couple of them. I've, I've sold uh, i had a skeletor one that uh my <laughs> wife bought for me for like 10 bucks and i sold it for 145 oh yeah right now there's probably some beanie baby people yeah. wishing they had yeah. gotten out of the market no, a little yeah, sooner talk, talk to them they'll tell you how <laughs> those 87 done <laughs> 
raw sets are good. Top sets are going to be on fire <laughs> yeah. 40 this, years from now. But this is Sally Fluff. Yeah. <laughs> this is the most valuable one. I got her in its own little pirate's yeah. case. Yeah. <laughs> she's Aaron, she's got a shamrock. Mm-hmm. All right. So, yeah, Silence of the Lambs, man. There's nothing that's probably one of the best drama, thriller, serial killer movies ever made. Yeah. For sure. And Beanie Babies with 90s, so. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we were topical. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> we're just talking about Beanie Babies for no reason. <laughs> That's shit for the character actors. Yeah. All right. What you got, Dave? Oh, want to know what second place is? Oh. Set of stick knives. <laughs> I get that quote. I don't think many people would. I do not. <laughs> Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. Uh, you probably haven't seen this movie. No. And it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I've heard fantastic. you guys talk about it. Absolutely fantastic. Phenomenal. Probably the best, one of the best scripts ever written by yeah. one of the best uh, script writers, which he usually does theater, is David Mamet. But yeah. every once in a while, he'll come in and he'll do a movie script. And no matter how good or bad the movie is, the script is like, holy crap, this guy knows how to write conversations and dialogue between people. Because that's what it is. This whole movie is dialogue. You want, If you want to have respect for Alec Baldwin, I don't know what people think of him now. He's kind of... This is when he went next level yeah. during this movie. Watch... The, uh, I mean, he did do some good movies, believe me. But eight minutes. He does a dialogue... In this, and if you go to look for this movie, you'll find the dialogue before you find the movie. I guarantee yeah. you. We, we, yeah, if you even pull it up on YouTube, it'll say Alec Baldwin scene. Yeah, right there, and it's eight minutes long, and it's just him doing. And it was not. This was based on a theatrical play, off Broadway play that uh, that David Mamet had wrote. So they wanted to do it as a movie, and the theatrical run of it did not have that Alec Baldwin scene in it. Yeah, it's just and crazy. So he wrote that. Mamet wrote Alec, it. He wrote for it for Alec Baldwin. Baldwin. He knew Alec Baldwin was going to be in the role. So they I like to him. think Alec Baldwin uh, wrote it. Yeah. Well, he. <laughs> He nailed it. That's for sure. Oh, he totally and uh, <clears throat> he came in. So why don't you tell us what's actually going on in the movie? Then you can go into a little so what that scene was. It's a it's a real estate sales department yeah. of a bigger conglomerate company. Horrible job that you do not want to have. D- using paper leads, cold calling, going to people's houses at night. Yeah, like we, really. We heard three or three years ago you were interested in buying a property, and now I'm going to. Yeah, you signed it. up oh, for wow. a free steak dinner somewhere, and now we get to come and talk to you for an hour. Yeah, yeah. and. These guys are, and what's interesting is the the kind of ages we're dealing with with these guys here. Let's yeah. talk the actors. The, the actors, actors is ridiculous. It's, it's huge. So part of the sales force, you have who we got? Jack Lemon. We got Jack Lemon, who I'm pretty sure won the. Uh, you should check up the awards for Glengarry Glen Ross. Glengarry is like one word. Yeah, right. Uh, because I'm pretty sure it won. I remember having to drive to Sarasota to see it because it really? wasn't playing in Port Charlotte. Hmm. Uh, so uh, this may be the only one that I didn't see in the theater. You got Jack, uh, but maybe not uh, the actors. I know. I just need to know if they had any awards. Oh. Uh, so you got uh, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey was probably one of the first things he did before we knew how much of an asshole he was. Can't go mention his movie without mentioning he's an asshole. Uh, but Jack Lemmon. It's fair. Ed Harris, <laughs> Alan, Arkin, Alan Arkin, Al Pacino. Uh, then you have, uh, for a lesser extent, Alec Baldwin and uh, the guy from Brazil who's in the bar is probably the other main actor. Yeah. Other than that, there are there really aren't any other actors. Is there one couple that There's he sees? There's a couple There's that, a couple he, that, that uh, Jack to. Lemon goes That's right. to try but to get him to Other convince. than that, it's very minimal. It's just those And there was the guy that, actors. that didn't uh, Al Pacino kept trying to That's get That's the guy from Brazil. Okay. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Brazil. Um, they didn't win any, actually. Um, that is a shame. That's yeah, it just says Force Gump out there or something. Oscar nominee <laughs> best supporting actor role was uh, Al Pacino. Huh. Um, Richie Roma. All right, so yeah, so tell us these actors all have none of them really love their job. Roma but, probably does. Uh, Roma probably does. The Al Pacino character because a salesperson is a specific type of person. Yeah. Like this, 
there's a reason why there's professional yeah. sales staff because it's you have to be a certain person, yeah. and if you're not that person, you're not yeah. gonna. Probably the most interesting character to me in it is Jack Lemmon because Jack Lemmon plays the old guy that has done this for like 40 years and now he's kind of lost it and everyone calls him Shelly the Machine Levine because, you know, he used to be the the guy who used to be able to sit down and he would sell it, sell that uh, like ketchup popsicle to a woman in white gloves, you know, and uh, that's the type of person you have to be. Yeah, absolutely. Well, now he's sitting there watching Al Pacino, who Al Pacino is talks and like threads these sentences together to people who are like take my wallet he's uh-huh. that good and yeah. ed harris is somewhat that but dead. he's scumbagish yeah too he's romo a, is oh he's a scumbag he well he just has no he doesn't have, there's no scruples uh, no scruples at i mean that doesn't give a shit like he you really have to turn those off if you want to be good uh the guy from uh brazil i keep forgetting his name uh once you pull that list up again i guess i do need it <laughs> <laughs> it's the guy from uh pirates of the caribbean he played kira knightley's dad he was like the king of course yeah i can't remember <laughs> his name. he's very famous too pirates of the caribbean that's what i already got <laughs> uh yeah, let me look here. Hold on. It's not many people. <laughs> do some music. Are you serious? Jonathan Price. He was he was great. Because remember there's so many different layers to this movie. You're dealing with like uh, Jack Lemon not being adequate yeah. enough as he used to. Uh really the most pissed off character is probably Ed Harris, because why don't you go in? Go into the. He doesn't Alec think Baldwin. it's fair. So, so Alec Baldwin, Alec Baldwin shows up. He's obviously been called in by corporate to tell everybody they suck. Mm-hmm. So he, what he does is he shows up and he says, "You were all fired. Yeah. You have one week to try to three earn days. back. You have three days to try to earn back your job. Two of you are, are going to lose their job, mm-hmm. and one gets Cadillac and one gets a set of steak knives. <laughs> and and everybody's like, who are you? He's like." I'm the guy that made nine hundred and seventy-five thousand dollars last year. That's who the fuck I am. Damn. And like he yeah. owns the room. He belittles yeah. these guys. One of the most speaks. famous part of his speech, and I've used it before, is like put the coffee down. <laughs> That's how he got everyone's attention. Is for closers only. Oh yeah. Oh, is that where that comes yeah. from? That's oh, where that comes okay. from, man. You'll hear and that he in pop references. The, all he goes through the ABCs. Always yeah. be closing. Yeah. And he and he. What makes it even worse, he's like, these here, Glengarry is the name of the uh, company. The parent company. Uh, the parent yeah. company. And he's, he holds up a stack of like note cards, pink, <laughs> gold, pink like note cards ribbon. with a bow on it. He says, these are the premium leads. These are the people that really are ready to sell mm. and that you could just get in there. He says, but these do not belong to you. These belong to people that we can trust can do it. So whoever wins this thing. So they basically have three days to go out and try to do whatever they can. And it's just, a lot of it's sad. You're watching like, yeah. you're watching Jack Lemon go in and basically beg people to buy it, uh, buy things right. from it, everything, and then all of a sudden, kind of things yeah. change because someone robs the office, and someone robs the office with the leads yep. and takes all the leads. Yeah. Oh so shit! Now it becomes a cop movie. And, of yeah, you're not knowing who know is involved, huh? Kevin Spacey plays this sleaze bag kind of office what? manager that's no. kind of out of his, who's out of his element, and he gets you want to see the best like ribbing or like dumbing down of a character. Pull up the Al Pacino going after uh, yeah. Kevin Spacey's character because he has some of the best lines where he he realizes that uh, uh, 
Kevin Spacey completely fucked up a sale that uh, Al Pacino was working the Would've entire movie. Would have put him over movie. the top. And, and won a Cadillac for him, and he had worked the entire movie to get Jonathan Price. Mm-hmm. And then uh, <clears throat> Kevin Spacey comes in and says, like, one thing that fucks up the whole thing. Uh. And Al Pacino just throws his hands up, and then he stands up and for, like, three minutes with Spacey just standing yeah, in the middle of the room. Uh, Pacino just walks around. Who says you could work with men, you fucking asshole yeah. and he just goes through this like tirade it's amazing to watch <laughs> <laughs> I pull it up sometime knowing, yeah. knowing who Kevin Spacey is now I was like, this yeah. is what someone needs to do to him there, there was a, a family guy cut where they do the end of uh, Usual Suspects and it's just the feet walking mm-hmm. you know what I mean and it, it corrects you know mm-hmm. and Peter goes oh he was gay the whole time <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious that's funny yeah was there I mean Obviously, your favorite scene was probably the Alec Baldwin scene. I mean, it's everyone. I, I really enjoyed the interrogations. Yeah, the interrogation mm-hmm. was good. It's just so much good stuff in that movie. But it's it's very slow. It's all it's yeah. all dialogue. It takes Not, place in maybe three locations. Yep, they don't show anything that happens. You could tell that this would be a perfect theater type thing for the really, most action that happens right. is the rain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it really is all dialogue. I would think it would be like a mammoth of a, a thing to a do. Mammoth, for somebody to thing. Uh, <laughs> A mammoth of something uh, to be able to learn for actors because the dialogue in this is like pages and pages and yeah. pages. I mean, that Alec Baldwin is like eight pages that he probably had to memorize and go in there and do. I'm sure so. you get the call, you yeah. step up. You do. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or you go home. Yeah. Did you see that in the theater? I don't know. I, 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 I know for sure that <laughs> I've seen all the other four. Yeah. I know for sure I have. Okay. And some of them multiple times. But not sure about that not one. Not sure about huh. that one. All right, my first movie, I definitely went and saw this movie. I went and saw it with some of my, I was in high school, I was like a junior in high school, and went with a bunch of my friends down to Sarasota to see this movie, and I, we might even have done it as a double feature. I think it was up. And, uh, <laughs> I think it was up to Sarasota. Up to Sarasota? Oh, that's true, that's probably right. Uh, why are you being so technical, man? Man, it's, it's <laughs> you just train wrecked every, my story. Everywhere, everywhere I ever go, it's down here, down there. <laughs> we went down to New York the other day. How the fuck did you do that? Like, uh. Uh, All right, <laughs> I'll call you out. <laughs> so 1993's Judgment Night you guys remember I'm Judgment Night I'm trying to remember you would love one. it this, this guy Justin oh man. It, man I think so uh, wait till he tells you who's in it and so what's... it's basically uh, very bad things before very bad things came out but it wasn't as uh, contained and uh, uh, and had as much going on this was early on so it's a guy who's uh, a bunch a group of friends want to go to a basketball game and Jeremy Piven so the, the guys are Jeremy Piven, uh, Emilio Estevez, Steve, um, Stephen Dorff, and... Uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. Cuba, Cuba Gooding Jr. And they're all going to go to a basketball game together. And they rent an RV. And Jeremy like a luxury Piven, RV. Jeremy Piven talks the guy at the dealership into uh, letting him borrow it for the, uh, for the weekend to make sure if he likes it before he buys it. So he's like... <laughs> Don't hurt the RV. Yeah. Don't hurt the RV. They trashed the RV. This RV. Is, <laughs> yeah. And at some point, you get to see Jeremy Pivens going around the RV saying, I own this. This is my ashtray now. <laughs> it's really funny. So it's got some humor in it and everything. So they never even get to the game. They're on the highway, <laughs> and they're watching the game. On At least they get to sit in the back of the RV, and they're drinking. I do pod. remember this. Yeah, you, you had to have seen yeah. this, man. It was big. They end up uh, like in the middle of the inner city, right? Yeah, well, that's what happened. So they... They get in an argument with some guy on the interstate, and they cut him off, and they keep going straight, and they should have got off the interstate where they didn't, and they end up in the wrong place. So they think they hit something. 
They and uh, Milo says he, Milo plays like the moral compass in this thing. Jared yeah. Piven's like, let's go. I don't know what the hell. See you're doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's a guy. It's a guy on the ground. Jeremy. They could tell Jeremy Piven to call uh, the ambulance. He he goes. He hears. He says nine one one. Your emergency. Click. Yeah. Because he's been drinking all night. And he's like, I can't get the signal, guys. And then yeah. uh, they realize when they're checking the body. They might have hit him, but this guy was already shot. He's got right. bullet wounds in him and everything. So they pull him in the uh, RV, and the guy's like, you got to get me out of here. you got to get me out of here. Yeah. And then before they have time to react, it's too late. And uh, so he busts out of the thing, and he's uh, going to run. And then our, our thugs, our villains oh. in this movie, led by the great Dennis Leary, in one of the first movies he had done. Uh-huh. I, I think the ref might have been before this, but that might have been or even the same year maybe. 93 sounds about right. No, 80, the ref might have been like 89 now that I think about it. Uh, anyways, Dennis Lear was awesome. He was in the prime. He was like that speed talker at times. But also on his crew was uh, Red, uh, the Redfoot from Usual Suspects. He was also the guy yep. bring out the gimp. Uh, yeah. The guy from uh, he was great in this. Zed. And uh, the, Zed's dead, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and the the guy from House of Pain, man. And the guy from House of Pain was a badass. Oh, in this really, movie, man? He was really really good. I think it's the the lead guitarist. I huh. think is in this. Uh, Jump around. Yeah, that guy. I mean, it might have been Jump a lead up. singer, but I, no, I don't think Jump it was. down? And get down? Jump up and up that down. All right. Uh, so what happens is they end up killing. Uh, Dennis Larry just shoots the guy in the middle of the street and then yeah. turns to his left and, oh, shit, there's a whole bunch of gawking faces looking outside the uh, RV. And from that movie on, it's just a outrun Dennis Leary and try to get away from him. And they have some really great moments in it. One of my favorites, they go into this apartment complex and they go upstairs. And they they were able to talk these two ladies to letting them into the apartment. And once they get in there, they realize, oh, we shouldn't have let them in. So they decide, they're getting close. They decide to go up to the attic and then cross with this little ass plank of wood between the apartment buildings. Yeah. Yeah. Don't do that. And, and I mean, it's a horrible. Or thing. take a bullet. I mean, yeah, it's your choice. Yeah. So they're going across. Emilio goes across. Stephen Dorff, who plays Emilio's brother in the movie, who's the fuck up that uh, uh, continually fucks them up. Cuba Gooding Jr. There's some character involved in it, but there's it's more. We just got introduced to these guys. We feel bad for them because they're being chased. Yeah, and they shouldn't be. Uh, Emilio, we saw Emilio's wife, and he's got a kid, and she didn't want him to go out that night, so that was always hanging in the back of your mind. And I, I liked Emilio in this. My wife's movie. gonna kill me. Yeah, I just gotta go home, man. I told yeah, you so. <laughs> I might as well fall off this building. <laughs> uh, so all of them get across, and Jeremy Piven like knocks the thing down. He yeah. says, "Don't worry, guys, I'm gonna talk." Talk my way out of this oh one. Oh my god! Like God, it was a great scene though, where he's talking opposite uh, Dennis Leary. It reminds he's, me. He's like, "You're a businessman. I'm a businessman. Let's work this out it's and like everything." Die Hard scene. Uh, yeah, it was basically Die Hard scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they end up shooting Jeremy Piven in the head, and his body falls off the building. And they mm-hmm. Kuba screams and starts no. shooting because they they have a How'd gun. They get a gun. They got it off of somebody. Uh, damn, where did they get the initial gun? I can't remember, but Kuba had Kuba one. was strapping. Oh, they <laughs> had one, I think, in the uh, RV really? uh, originally. Yeah, I mean that's what I. Yeah, that's be. what they had uh, where they got it. But they end up picking up a, a couple more guns at the time. But just great cat and mouse stuff with our hiding in the train. Uh, Kind of, uh, what are those? I train get this cars movie confused with uh-huh. Bill Paxton, and they were looking for this. Yeah, treasure. Uh, tr- uh, trespass. Trespass. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That one was all in one building. This was kind of all on yeah, the yeah. streets and everything. And it, it goes down to some of them dying and some of them not. And it was just, it was freaking fun, man. It was great to see Dennis Leary in that role. You're like, because you, this was at a time period where everyone had seen him do stand up. I, I always liked him as Edgar Friendly. Uh, yeah. From what was Demolition uh, Man. From Demolition Man. Yeah. yeah. I Edgar Friendly was great. From that parody movie with Will Shatner. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Was he the one in the tank? Yeah. He's the one 
where he recited oh, yeah, the yeah. Beatles lyric and, yeah. he, and he's like, no, nope, right, no. got wrong. <laughs> <laughs> got him from that. Yeah, I like that. Goodness, yeah. He's got a new stand-up. It's, he's still good. Yeah. yeah, and well, he made a career on that firefighter show, too. What the hell was it called? Uh, Rescue Me. Yeah, Rescue Me, yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> and of course, I always liked, uh, I'm an asshole. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, shit, yeah and the <laughs> like parking and handicapped spaces. spaces. Yeah. Well, handicapped people make handicapped faces. <laughs> What a crazy... Just to be clear, we're yeah, just we're quoting, just quoting Dennis Leary. Because yeah. he's an asshole. He clearly tells you the song. So if you don't get that, then you, it, wasn't, it wasn't intended for you. I loved him in the ref. I thought that was yeah. tailored for him oh, just yeah. to get yeah. pissed off. Yeah. yeah, it was really good. Absolutely. Is that a Christmas movie? Yeah. Yeah. All right. What you got? All Next right. round. Um, this was 1994's The Professional. Or um, Leon. Yeah, Leon. Leon. Yeah. Leon. Um, Leon. Leon. Yeah, Natalie Portman, uh, Jean Reno, Gary Oldman, Danny. What Aiello. happened to Jean Reno, man? He was in the I Mission Impossible. I loved him. Oh, he was for a, a buttload. Yeah, for a long time. Um, he went on. He's yeah. living in France. He did one of our favorite awesome. movies. Yeah, right. My, one of my top twenty-five is probably Ronan. Yeah, Ronan. He was amazing in Ronan. Mm. Man, I loved him in that movie. Yeah, he's always in some kind of heist movie. Even he, yep. even him. He was in movies that absolutely sucked, but he was still good in it. Like Godzilla, that stupid Matthew Broderick Godzilla. He was oh, good really? in it. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, but that rest of that movie was god-awful. Uh, this was an amazing movie. And, <laughs> Matthew uh, Broderick and Godzilla don't tell And a lot of people don't know. Uh, yeah, what is Michael Badalucci? Is that who? Uh, yeah, the guy from Man, Man Who so Wasn't good. There. Yeah. yeah. He played uh, Natalie Portman's dad. Mm-hmm. He, almost unrecognizable as that character. I mean, that that was the drug family deal. was nasty. Yeah. Uh, so why don't you tell us what's kind of going on, and then I'll kind of explain what Leon is compared to the re- professional. For sure. Um, so Natalie Portman, this was like the, her first thing ever. Yeah. Um, she was what, like ten or eleven? And this was know? one of those ones you saw her for five minutes, and you're like, oh, she's gonna be huge. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, she's, she carries this whole movie. Oh, definitely. I feel like that about that uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. That little girl that was. Oh yeah. That, oh, as soon as I saw her, I was like, this in is Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. It's like this is gonna be the no, I Natalie Portman. Uh, she did great she, in that movie. Mom she said she was. She's in a TV show. Uh, oh, that's she's in right. A TV show that's right. On, that's, like, NBC. It's been that's on huge. forever. Yeah, it's been on for like four years with Dedrick Beater. You could tell and, I don't uh, have TV. And Katie Mason. Yeah. <laughs> so apparently um, she's known. So Gary Oldman is a police officer. Sort of. Yeah, he works for the. His paycheck they, comes. They do yeah. cut him by the yeah. police department. Um, He's also <laughs> the biggest dread act you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. Um, and Michael Badalucci is like, he's a, he's a low level drug dealer, yeah, right? Yep. Um, and he either loses money or steals drugs from them. He I don't steals, remember. uh, drugs for sure. I'm not sure if he, I think he might have done both. Uh huh. He's got it um, hidden at his house. Yeah. With his kids. Go on to Gary Oldman's greatest oh. roles. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Absolutely. absolutely. Everyone. Oh, yeah, like, man. oh. Um, even when, even he's, when he's, I like those calm little yeah. moments, the yeah. ants on the grass. Yeah. You're a Beethoven fan. Get a guess. Or even him outside the apartment before yeah. you go in, and he takes he had that, that great shot, man. Do it from up above oh, him, and he mm-hmm. cricks his neck in a certain way, and then yeah. you could tell whatever he took. They don't even just tell you. took effect. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so they they come in and basically slaughter Nat, yeah. his team. Remember his team, like yeah. ducking down when he's going th- through the rooms. You like. Just let him do his thing. Man. Yeah, and I mean, they, there was no like, oh, we'll, yeah. we're just gonna kill you. They the way the way he came through those beads. Oh yep. yeah, he put dude. his hands through first. And yeah, opened them and up. I, I he think gives they did that in slow mo. Oh, he gives they? you a character yeah. that's not anything anybody else has yeah. done. Like yeah. the, probably the most is this and Fifth Element and mm-hmm. Build a Butcher. No, that's uh, oh, sorry, sorry buddy. <laughs> <laughs> that's Daniel Day Lewis, but yeah. him too. 
Um, and so Natalie Portman survives this hit. She like hides somewhere or something. Uh, no, no, she, she goes, she goes to into Ron's Leon's house. Apartment. Oh, apartment. Oh, he knocks on the door and she's like, she's like, open up. She's like, she comes home after it's happened, just after it's happened. Oh, yeah. okay. So she she, she looks at the like door she wasn't living and then there. she just goes straight past her door and goes to Leon, who she has met a couple times on the yeah. uh, just sitting outside of her apartment and everything. And he yeah, was like yeah, Tell yeah. on me or something. Right. Um, and, and he's and the neighbor is an assassin, like the yeah. deadliest assassin ever, who yeah. doesn't really want to get involved in anything. Right. But and she doesn't have people skills. He does, but he didn't realize he does. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, she just didn't have anywhere to go or yeah. anything like that. And so she stays with him and eventually he like teaches her to become yeah. a hit girl, yeah. you know, and um, their, you know, their relationship is awesome. And I think, wasn't yeah. this a, like, didn't they have another version? Maybe well, that's, that's, that's where the Leon comes in. And okay. the, in segue, a, Justin. And the, yeah. <laughs> so, so Leon was the French version that was put out. The professional is the English version that's, yeah. uh, that's been put out. Mm-hmm. And it, what was ridiculous about it is because they, they deleted some stuff that they thought the American audience would, would misconstrue. <laughs> they would. And <laughs> they probably. absolutely would. Yeah. But once you <laughs> see, but once you see Leon, that's the only one you want to watch because right. it, it has so much more in it yeah. and so much more scenes and one of the the big scene that they had a problem with it, a, a lot of it was him telling her telling him that she loved him and him explaining explaining to her that you can't really love me uh, yeah. you're too young for me and this and that but m- more particularly is the scene at the restaurant great scene in the Leon version when they're at the restaurant together after she's learning to do the hits and everything and she gets drunk she gets flat out wasted uh-huh. at it and she's she's like flirting with him mm-hmm. and he's uncomfortable and she just keeps been. Yeah, yeah right? and she keeps flirting with him and it's a, it's a great 10 minute scene that they just completely cut out of that version mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's awesome it's just more of the professional the role- some of the stuff they cut out made no sense why would they would yeah. cut that out Mm-hmm. The role I like the most in this is Danny Aiello. Oh, Danny Aiello! Playing no, sort leave the money with me. What's a bank? Yeah, the bank's he's, not gonna. The bank's a bunch of thieves. He's like hustling this guy. Mm-hmm. He plays the guy who gets the jobs uh, for for, uh, for Leon, and he keeps all his money for him and everything. Right. And luckily, he did kind of uh, do him a solid uh, with what he said he was going to do eventually. But uh, it, it kind of came all down to that uh, that everyone scene yeah, where dude. they finally pinned down who Leon is because someone's going in and killing like Gary Oldman's guys. Right. And they, all they know is that he, he moves like the wind and he's better than anybody. So they know he's Danny Aiello. They know he must work for Danny Aiello. Right. So they beat it out of Danny Aiello basically. Right. And, uh, and they know where Leon is. And that, that's like the last 20 minutes of the movie or something is at that apartment complex. Yeah. Uh, and we should mention – that this is the same guy who did Fifth Element too. This is Luke Basson who did stylistic. a lot of very stylistic as hell. He's French. He does uh, Point and No Return was uh, Luke Basson. Hmm. He also did the French version which was of that, a remake. which was uh, La Femme Nikita. So right. he did both of those. Did yeah. he do both? That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. You rake, those. You remake your movie in a yeah. different language. Yeah. I have one That's of those awesome. coming, up, coming up almost yeah. in two or three. One of my uh, favorite scenes from The Professional is where um, they're attacking the apartment and there's the hole through the door mm-hmm. and he like... I I think he like comes down from the ceiling and shoots that like Mm -hmm. rocket through the hole in the door. Like, and the camera angle takes on the rocket. You know what I mean? Oh, that's where he goes down the, uh, uh, the chimney. Okay. Yeah. The chimney or something that he had broken open. Yeah, Yeah. man. But that, I mean, Jesus, the, the whole, the, like you said, the last 20 minutes of that movie is all the way to like where, uh, Gary Oldman comes out and, 
shoots him, but then when he flips him over and you just get to see Gary Oldman's face for that last second, and he's, oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, God, <laughs> so good, man. That was the one you were like, I don't care what else happens on this, Gary Oldman's got to die. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He <laughs> you was know? fucking he was evil a, He was an evil motherfucker, man, who would have easily killed that, uh, that little girl if he could have. So. Yeah. Uh, fantastic movie. That's one of those ones that's got to be on the top 100 of movies of all time and that one everyone should check out. Leon, though. Check out Leon. You can handle it. Uh, <laughs> which, which, I like the scene when he he was teaching her to to assassinate and you yeah. didn't know she didn't have live Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and, uh, yeah. She had like a paintball or something. Yeah. I even like the stuff where they were doing that guessing game and they were dressing like celebrities and everything and oh, she dressed yeah. like Madonna and he dressed like yeah. uh, Buster Keaton or something. <laughs> even though he's trying to be the Duke but yeah, 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 like yeah. he had like <laughs> she thought he was, something. <laughs> it was just that fun stuff that uh, really you don't think that it adds much to the movie but it, oh, really, it really really, really does. That. Yeah. yeah. Alright Dave what you got? I got LA Confidential. Oh. Great movie. I got two awesome Kevin movie, Spacey man. movies. Sorry about that. Sorry. <laughs> what are you killing me? <laughs> he no. dies in this movie. Ha! He does. Take that. And I backed. I picked that because he dies. <laughs> but it was one of the first times <clears throat> that you got to see Russell Crowe. If you didn't see uh, and Guy Pierce and Guy Pierce, and it was a, like a film noir, definitely of a of a fifties crime novel or something novel yeah. come to life. Mm. I mean, Kevin James Kevin Elroy, I think wrote it. Looked like. You know, it, Jessica Rabbit had come to life. Sure, yeah. yeah. And uh, but the Veronica, script, Veronica Lake. Well, Veronica a, Lake. You'll, you'll mention why there's a reason why she looks like Veronica Lake. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the the movie, the script was great. Oh, it was a really great script. It was a really great script because it, it was like you had Kevin Spacey's character, who's who used to uh, who was the he was a detective, but he he was more famous for. Being a technical director had, on one of the hit shows yeah, at the he, time, his morals were flexible. They he were did, flexible. He didn't mind about he like, was ratting people out, notifying the uh, the press. He would notify the press when he was going to bust a celebrity, and they would yeah. be there taking pictures. Well, you remember who would, the press guy was, money, right? Too. Uh, yep, that he was really great. Danny DeVito. Too. Danny DeVito, awesome yeah. in this movie. Danny James DeVito Cromwell was, was the main James uh, was, uh, guy. And a spoiler, he is the bad guy. Oh uh, man, too. it was crazy. It's a really, really twisting, like. It's one part like uncovering, but then like one part not knowing what's going on. And it was a lot about advancement within the department with what you did, you know, because Guy Pierce, there's something really happens, uh, crazy happens at the beginning of the movie that uh, a bunch of uh, a bunch of Mexican guys were accused of beating up these. Uh, cops and it, and it was the new year's eve night and all the cops were drinking and they were talking about that incident and you could tell it was like telephone it was getting worse every time yeah, told yeah. it. i said i heard that guy lost a leg he says he's in the hospital with a couple bruises yeah uh, he, uh drawing his pension he says no no and then then suddenly they're all getting drunk and someone comes in he says they just brought the mexicans downstairs and so they oh, all went down yeah. there and they started this riot and started beating the shit out of them but oh, the fuck. press just happened to be there doing a story and took pictures of it all oh wow and so. Uh, so they tried to bring in – they knew people had to fall for it, and they tried to bring in uh, or bring down a lot of cops that had already secured their pension and just get them out and everything. But they were trying to find a corroborating cop that was there, and everyone's like, not ratting anyone out. Screw you. Yeah. But Guy Pierce is like, I'll do it. Oh wow! <laughs> he and says, "But I want detective." Yeah, afterwards, yeah. he and, was ambitious. Yep, and he but he was hated. And that's what people said. James Cromwell's like, "Are you sure you're ready to reap yeah. what's going to happen to you on this?" Because uh, Bud, who's played by Russell Crowe. And this was Russell Crowe, like, right after Romper Stomper, where he was, like, psychotic mm. uh, in the movie. And he had this thing in the movie where he couldn't stand uh, guys that hit on women. So he would, like, 
he would like hear that somebody was doing it and he would camp outside the house and wait for them. Hit on them as in like beating them or hit on them as like, okay. No, beating on them. So uh, Russell Crowe would come out and like beat the hell out of the guy beating him. People used to ask him, why do you hate uh, women beaters so much? And I don't. That guy he beat up was monster. Oh yeah. He didn't have a shit. He was a badass though. So that's what kind of got everyone moved up and they suspended Kevin Spacey. He was like, whatever, I'll I'll do whatever. He's doing Hollywood shit. He's doing Hollywood shit anyways. And then the movie takes another twist with the massacre. Yeah, there's a Night Owl owl massacre and one of the guys that was killed was a cop, right? What what happened was... Moonlighting, uh, doing detective... uh, yeah, he was doing something shady. He was doing something shady, that, but they didn't know. was involved with the whole kind mm-hmm. of uh, plot that ends up uh, un- unraveling as the movie went on. But what happened was Guy Pierce just happened to be at the station by himself while it was like New Year's Eve or something like that. So it was right after Christmas. And uh, he hears that there's something happening at this diner. And he's like, I'll take it. And then he goes out there. And when he walks in the diner... No one's there. People's cigarettes are just still lit. There's plates of half-eaten food. There's no one behind the counter. And then he goes in the bathroom, and there's like 12 bodies piled on top of each other. All, ki- all killed. They're calling it the Night Owl Massacre, and everyone wants something to do with it and everything. And from that point on, it's an unraveling of how that happened, but it has this weird intertwining with the David Strathairn stuff with Kevin uh, – with Kim Basinger. On a side note, that happened here. I know. Yeah, at Steak and Shake. I was going to say that, at yeah. Steak and Shake. Oh, really? Yeah. A while ago? Someone came in years and robbed ago. it. And yeah. Maybe 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. Shot everybody and put him in, in the walk-in. Walk in. Yeah. But you remember what was going on with Kim Basinger? <laughs> they were, he was making... David Strathairn He was, was making high-level prostitutes look like... Look like, like uh, some, models, like and celebrities. Celebrities. They had uh, Veronica Lake. They literally, had, uh, like Rita Hayworth was yeah. one of them, and so he was literally employing plastic surgeons to change his hookers. Oh wow! And to look like, and to look like celebrities, be making some fucking money. Which which seems genius when you think about it, because who is not going to want to uh, pay to be with Marilyn Monroe if she looks just like Marilyn Monroe? So Kim Basinger played the Veronica Lake. And uh, she he ends she ends up starting kind of a minor relationship with, with, with both uh, of them with with Guy Pierce and with and Russell, Russell Crowe Crow. and then you can kind of see that as it's unfolding <coughs> we won't tell you all what, what happens but, but it's a great mystery it was movie. cool because those two kind of had to pair up yeah one was an outcast and the other one had gone too far and was trying to get to the bottom and of then it. then he ends up hitting her at one point. You're like, oh, what the hell's going on here? This and is then the guy. Russell Crowe shows yeah. up and whoops that No, ass. Russell Crowe hits her. No. Which is weird oh, yeah. because oh. you're watching him protect women through the whole uh, yeah. movie and then he ends up hitting her. One of those greatest scenes is when uh, David Stratham was, was in the limo and the girl was in the back with the black eye and the yeah. nose bandaged yeah, up. Yeah. And for, at first you thought, oh, you like to knock women around, yeah. huh? He screamed and yelled at him. And then when you find out later why she was like that, you're like, oh. Plastic surgery, plastic surgery, man. Uh, I love when they pay a visit to the like the commissioner in his office, and remember he uh, they hang him out the window. Oh Oh, yeah, yeah. My God, he he is so smug to him too. There's a scene where they want him to talk. He he's kind of embattled in this whole thing. So Guy Pierce and uh, Russell Crowe agree to team up and go in there and question him. And uh, he he refuses to answer, and he goes in the bathroom, and they show him in the bathroom flossing his teeth, and they open the door, and he's like, "Unless you're in here to uh, to wipe my ass, I'm not going to tell you anything." And Russell Crowe takes his head and smashes it against the toilet, and then sticks it under the uh, uh, water and pulls it up and screams at his face like you thought he was going to kill him, <laughs> and then throws him out the uh, window, but holds his, holds him just in the nick of time by the leg. Wow! And he. 
Uh, he agreed to everything. When they pulled him back in, he had pissed his pants, and he's like shaking in the fetal position <laughs> on the ground. You're like, whoa. <laughs> really, <laughs> Crow was, he, was a, he was a brute in this movie. Oh, yeah, man. This was one of his uh, fit, more physical. around the world. <laughs> <laughs> I said, give me a room or I'll throw my phone at you. Do you remember where he did that in real life? I don't. At a, he threw, uh, he threw like a cell phone. Not yeah. a cell phone, like a, like a one a of desk those phone? rotary phones oh at the God. hotel clerk. He had a temper. Oh, He had a temper. That's probably what made him so good in these roles. Have, yeah. you, have you not seen the South Park episode about him? <laughs> I, I have. Him. Oh, my God. It's it's Russell Crowe fighting around the world. Oh, and really? They like, do a little skit. He's, yeah, he's like, like, he's like, all right, come on, I'll fight you. That's funny. I don't think I've seen it. Because he, yeah. he used to beat Pavarazzi up all the yeah. time. Yeah, that was his thing. Like, Sean Penn used to be in the like, I mean, I kind of get it. Oh, I would get annoyed by him, oh, sure. dude, I saw a funny uh, little, like, part of an interview with Sean Penn the other day <laughs> with him and David Spade. Oh, I heard about it. I never saw it. And he was giving David Spade a tattoo. Like like a real tattoo? Yeah, a real tattoo. He put a CF on there for Chris Farley, you know? Um, But, dude, it's so funny because, like, Sean Penn is just, like, half blind and, like, his hand shakes like this all the time now like unfortunately isn't that you know? good for tattooing though you yeah. gotta fill the lines in better yeah maybe. yeah right um but yeah no it was just super fucking funny <laughs> <laughs> all right this next movie this was a big movie for a lot of different reasons mainly because it was danny boyle's first big one and uh i was lucky enough to be able to see it before any of his other films so i was on that danny boyle uh train early on was the the 1994 indie flick Actually, I'm not sure I saw this one in the theater. This might be the only one I didn't see in the theater. I've seen all the other ones, though. Just say you saw it in the <laughs> No, but I, I really don't think I did. Uh, I, think I, I think this I'm was one sure that I rented. Back check, back yeah, check right. I'm pretty sure yeah. you did. I think this was one I rented at the video store because it would have came out right when I was there. He's just not in going 95. for it. I'm not doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't going to lie to these good people. All right. So, And this was the 1994 Shallow Grave. Have you seen this movie? I don't think I have. Horror fans I've the, heard no, of it. know this flick, man, because it was very, very well done. And it's a very simple story. Story, and it's one of those uh, kind of situations you kind of wonder if you put yourself in. Ha, I don't uh, wonder. No, I don't know. <laughs> I don't wonder. It's at a, all. It's a, so before is I is it about being buried alive? No. No. Okay. Uh, that was, was with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that was, or my next movie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we'll talk about that. Really? Too. Yes. <laughs> Whoa, I'm so, psychic. Very cool. So. It doesn't sound like it could be, though, in Shallow Grave. <laughs> yeah, right? So what happens here, and we have uh, three actors, uh, two guys and a girl, and uh, two guys we know. One of them is Ewan McGregor. One of them is young Ewan McGregor. This is before Train Spotting, or maybe even the same year as Train Spotting. I'm not sure. And then you have uh, Christopher Eccleston, who Christopher Eccleston was the, uh, or... I don't know Eccleston. him. I'm sure You I know. know a lot of him. I'm sure I do. He plays oh, the carpenter. Gone in 60 Seconds. Yeah, Gone in 60 Seconds. He plays okay. the carpenter, uh, mm. the, the bad villain yeah. in there. But he also plays Destro in the G.I. Joe movies. And he was in 28 Days Later. He was the leader of that military group. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And it, He was great. Which is another Danny Boyle movie, and that's the reason he's oh, in it. Danny Boyle. Uh, he loves to use his guys, <laughs> man. Uh, I could be your guy, dude. I can be your dude. <laughs> <laughs> I can be your dude. Daddy. And so these guys are all like medical students in like uh, in Scotland. I I'm pretty sure it's Scotland. It could be England. Uh, but they're very pretentious, man, and they're very they're they're very uh, they it sounds like they a find a lot of humor yeah. in themselves. And the movie opens up where they're interviewing somebody for a flatmate that one of their flatmates uh, moves out. They have an empty room, and they're. 
they're having a, too much fun with the interviews. Like they're like belittling these people at the yeah. interviews and everything. And they're like, this person is not going to work. And once you do got to live with them. So yeah, it's nice, I guess, to show you two. Yeah. Once they on. realize that this is not going to work and they, they string people along and then they laugh at them. And uh, what makes you think we would live with somebody like you, that type of kind of shit where you're like, who are these fucking pompous pricks, man? Yeah. But they're all medical students and everything. And then finally they realize they, they got to pick somebody up and they, uh, they meet with this one guy and he seems really cool. And he seems like legit. Wasn't he not going to be there much? He was going to be there he's, he's like i'm only coming into town uh, uh you know a few times a month and everything i just need someplace to, uh, to have here and i can pay you uh i can pay you up front i can pay you for the uh, for the rest of the lease up front if you'd like and they were like shit yeah let's yeah. do it and everything so then the movie goes on and they they show these guys in their life for a little bit and they realize that they don't hear from him in the next uh room and they pretty sure that they remember when he was in the next room so they go over there and uh they have like one of those transoms up. So one of them lifts up the other one and they can have a window way above the door. They can look in and immediately drops down. And the next shot is the door being kicked open and he is laying completely naked on the bed dead it has been dead for a couple days oh damn and just sprawled out on the bed and and they were like what the fuck (laughs) this is horrible and they're about to call the cops and you mcgregor takes his uh his luggage and puts it up on the bed and opens it up and it's filled with money uh-huh. Filled with it, no. <laughs> or as I like to call, call my dream every other day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so they're like, cancel that call. Yeah. just for a second. Here. Yeah, and they they think, <coughs> well, what we're gonna do? I'm is- in. so what they're gonna do is they are going to chop the body up (laughs) bury the body chop it up let's do it it. no window love go Go sell it it. (laughs) go sell it Uh, so they're gonna chop the body up they're gonna keep they'll sit on the money they'll keep the money they put the money in the attic first of all and they they're going back and forth can we do this can we do it and they were like uh, one said, uh, I just can't do it. And they were like, we're all going to do it. We're all going to be part of this and everything. And when they, one by one, when they get closer to the woods where they're going to go, like, I can't do it. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I can do it. Uh-huh. They were like, we can't do this, man. It's not fair. He says, let's draw lots. Let's draw lots to see who will do it. Uh-huh. And then that person will do the song. Uh-huh. And everyone else will kind of bag <laughs> the body. Yeah, yeah it, it, it would be difficult for me. I don't think yeah, I could. You know what I would do, though? I would, I'd be more I, likely to bury the body I would take, feet down. Yeah. <laughs> I would take the money and I'd prop it up on a chair. <laughs> <laughs> right? So it's in my oh, line of sight. Yeah, right? Well, I'm sorry. Why am I doing this? Oh, I remember now. Yeah, Keep wipe, cutting. Wipe my tears with Yeah. <laughs> That's how I'm at. (laughs) So the lot goes to the worst possible person, uh, Christopher Eccleston, who's in the other Danny Boyle movies. And uh, he's like this kind of, they make him out to be this kind of pencil neck kind of geeky guy that's just very neurotic. And it's it's the worst person to have do it. Mm -hmm. And they do it. And not only are we dealing from that point forward the descent and madness that he has, but you're also dealing with whoever's money this was and knows where they were. And it's the guy who plays the cook on uh, that Mullen guy who's really good. He always plays a really scrapper. He's one of the guys they send to find him. So they're looking for the money. And this whole time, Christopher is getting crazy to the point where he moves into the attic. 
and he drills holes all around the ceiling and he scutters around and he looks at everyone down below and then when someone moves he'll scutter to another room and, huh. and watch so he is just living in the attic and he's watching everything from uh, below and he's got holes all drilled and everything where does he go to and, the bathroom uh, he, he well he'll scamper down when they're gone when, uh-huh. they're, when they go to work and everything he'll scamper down yeah. but it comes to this like exciting shit like uh, one of my favorite parts is when the mobsters finally show up at the flat and they 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 know it's got to be upstairs and in the attic is a huge tub of water like a huge tub of water and the uh they put the money in the suitcase in like a trash bag immersed in the water and mm-hmm. that's all up there and i i think the water started dripping and that's how the guys knew something was going on up there uh-huh. so they went up they pulled down the stairs and they go up there and all you hear is a smack of a hammer and the body goes boom oh, right shit. down on the ground and the other mobsters are like holy crap what yeah. the hell is going on so right. it's like tense as shit and it, it comes down to this really great kind of twist of an ending at right before the credits that uh that just makes the whole movie for me it's really really great what is it I ain't, no. telling, man. I ain't Dave like throwing in shit class and stuff. Those are triggers. Those are endings. There's a, there's a difference. All right, so yeah, shallow the leprechaun. <laughs> yeah, shallow grave. You, the leprechaun. If you want to check out a great '90s thrill, and if you're a Danny Boyle fan, and who isn't really, who uh, is not. Uh, check it out. All right, Justin, what do you got? All right. Um, so this one was quite dramatic. Uh, fear. Ah, this was a great one, man. Dude. This is the one that you were surprised that Mark Wahlberg ever ever bounced back from playing that kind of crazy villain character. And he didn't. That was like the last time he did it. The one and only time. Yeah, that's true. But he played nuts. But, I mean, he did it really well. Oh, he played it really well. He was fucking psychotic for sure. It was really scary, man, to watch his kind of descent. It, you could tell early on that this guy's creepy, man. I don't know why, yeah. but I can put my finger on this Boston. fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> no, he just had that look. My wife still thinks he has that look. See, I can distinguish the character from the person. She doesn't. She still thinks but he's But I, I can kind of see what she's coming from. <laughs> yeah. uh, Reese Witherspoon, mm-hmm. so young in this movie, along with... Uh, I'll, Alyssa Milano, which was like one of the first things we saw her do after like Who's, Who's the, the Boss. boss? That, it was yeah. like, holy shit, Alanis is doing, or Alanis. Uh, yeah, Alyssa. Uh, Alyssa is doing movies now. Yeah. She went on from there. Um, William Peterson was uh, Reese Witherspoon's dad. dad. Yep. Yeah. And Amy uh, Bragdon. Yeah, Brenderman. 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 Plays Brenderman. the mom, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and like... Pretty simple story. I mean, uh, they're out of the out of the pool hall, and you know, it's her. It's the two girls are together. She's like and, sixteen or seventeen. Yeah, something yeah, like yeah. that. Um, he but is he's older. older yeah. Who yeah. um, had creepiness? More experienced. Too. He had yeah. a crew that he hung with. That yeah. you could yeah. tell the crew members are really. And you got to actually see. Uh, that was what was great about it is. Uh, Alyssa saw it firsthand what was going on yeah. and tried to he warn didn't Reese really Witherspoon. Hide it from her either, right? No, he went to parties. Remember, she yeah. would, he was hitting on other girls, but remember they they raped uh, Alyssa Milano at some point in the movie at they, a party. Yeah, yeah. I thought they killed her too. They may have killed her. Yeah. I think they did. I think they did. I think you're right. Um, that just got dark. Yeah. <laughs> wait, yeah. We always have who's her feelings were hurt. Oh, wait a minute. They killed they, her at the they, end. They met at a pool hall. Yeah, they kill her at yeah. the end. It was one of those great I don't movies. Know, I think she might make it. I really don't know. I'm gonna say she's dead. Yeah. I challenge you to watch it. <laughs> Prove me wrong. What was great that made this a great thriller for me is the fact that the audience was given all the information. Yeah. And the uh, Which it just recent, doesn't happen much. No, it, it you could tell 
tell movies in different ways, and this was one of the ways where it was told that way, and it was really well done, where you're sitting there being like, oh, Reese, you don't want to do this. You yeah. don't want to do this shit. Yeah. What was I your favorite scene? scene? Dude, I- I'll tell you, there's I- there's a personal attachment to one of these scenes. Oh, nice. Like, well, tell that one. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, so... Um, Hopefully it wasn't when he cut the head of the dog off. No, no. <laughs> so, I guess I'm going to shut this down right now. Yeah, no, no. no. Pause over, when, man. Uh, yeah. Forever. It's when, <laughs> um, it's when Mark Wahlberg, like, keeps hitting himself in the chest oh, yeah. and gives himself that bruise, yeah. you know? Dude... I won't say the ex's name, but I'll say that we all know her. <laughs> um, dude, we She's got crying in, right now. Dude, we got into. See, you watched her pull one of those. Dude, yeah. we got into an argument one night, and she started punching herself in the eye. She wow. did it like twenty five times. Wow. I ended up having to have the, the I ended up having to call the police, and she ended up getting arrested. Wait, today uh, today you'd be able to film it. Yeah, oh yeah, like, I, I need wish to film I this. Yeah, I wish shit. I would have. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and like, it was it was one of I mean, the most astonishing things I've it's ever probably seen. Probably something like, the cops could easily see because her hand was probably fucked. Dude, up. Well, I don't even, <laughs> I don't even know. I, yeah. well, I at that point I left, and then she came up and got behind me and put me in a chokehold, and I called the police. Oh, wow. And she was still kind of. I didn't want to do anything. You know yeah. what I mean? So like. She was still choking me out when that's the police scary, got man, there. That's scary, man. Yeah, it was. You know, that's something you don't normally see. Somebody like wail on themselves. Yeah, dude, it uh, was creepy. She stabbed herself in the forearm with some scissors. She stabbed me in the hand with some oh, scissors. Man. Like yeah, all in the same night. It was the Reese. Get out of this relationship. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, that scene kind of has some personal attachment oh, to it for me. I, when I think of it, I think of the uh, uh, obviously the horrible scene with the dog, which. It, Right before they're going to infiltrate the house, because it goes all the way down to like Mark Wahlberg and his crew kind of attacking William Peterson and the entire family at their like cabin house and everything. And it it starts with the dog's head going through the doggy door like he's still alive. Oh, we know the scene. And then the head. (laughs) Well, you got to bring it back. Yeah, they they like Uh, say the dog's name like they're like relieved. They're like, oh. From that point forward, then Mark Wahlberg sticks his head under there and or in the peephole. Remember, he's like, open up the door. Yeah, that's when he's banging on the front door. But before that, when I'm in the front of the mirror when he writes what was he that he wrote or he, he wrote he Nicole, tattooed he, he yeah. carved into, into his, his chest whole abdomen and chest he Nicole, types the, the number four and then eva yeah <laughs> and, but then he takes he breaks open like a big pen and he just rubs it all over his chest yeah. and everything which is like some prison style shit right yeah. there and uh yeah then it just goes down to that crazy uh friggin' like cat and mouse kind of thing at the end. it's yeah. far cry from the funky bunch man yeah. <laughs> that's all i'm saying well yeah because he brings his friends with him and it's like yeah. you know it's family versus like four guys yeah. like ugh. It was good, though. I mean, uh, Mark Wahlberg really kind of set himself out as, like, one of the younger, uh, more hip mm-hmm. actors that happened. And I had heard recently that uh, Donnie had started him on his music career because he could tell that he was getting in trouble with the law all over the place, that mm. that Mark uh, Mark needed something. So he really has Donnie, to, uh, Donnie started him with that Good Vibrations uh, uh, song, and then from there, and being that Calvin Klein model, he was just like... Pfft. Yeah. Well, that, that was the thing. This was you know, a he's really... actually a great actor. Oh yeah, it sucks that none of us really. Re- uh, some of us realized at Basketball Diaries that he was mm-hmm. great, but most yeah. people didn't realize until The Departed. Mm-hmm. Because remember when he did Departed, Departed and everyone was like, yeah. "Holy crap!" Yeah. Mark Wahlberg blew yeah. everyone away yeah. in that movie. He was the no shit yeah. dude. He's always been good though. Yeah. I always liked him. All right, Dave, what you got? What do I have? <laughs> 
You can't handle the truth. Ooh. This was a good one, man. This was yeah, a big was. one. This I is, saw this one in the theater. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely saw, saw it in the theater. theater. Yeah. At least once. I, can't, I remember being so happy to rent the DVD for Dad up in Massachusetts and play it for him. Oh. And me and Eric had gone. He so liked like, it? Yeah, he loved it. I mean, this was the type of movie that everyone loved when they came oh. out. Especially if it wasn't spoiled and we didn't have internet there at, uh, at that time spoiling oh, yeah. everything for you. So most people went into this movie kind of blind. Yeah. Never even knew what a Code Red was. Yeah. Nope. No. Never did. Yeah, so why don't you tell us a little bit what's happening? So it takes place, the well, the initial story takes place in Guantanamo yeah. before they had the black ops site there, <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. just had an army yeah, base Yeah, it was there. just an army base, yeah. And I guess there was some, there was two soldiers that mm. that were ordered, supposedly, yeah. by, to give, High to haze, to haze a soldier that wasn't doing well. Mm. And something went wrong, and the soldier choked. Yeah, they put, a, they put a rag in his mouth, but I don't think they realized there was some sort of fluid on it. Yeah. And he asphyxiated and, it. Yeah. And he asphyxiated. It was a tragic death. So Remember the, the white kid that was in it was that kid from that Gladiator movie, yeah. the old school yeah, Gladiator dude, movie? Yeah, dude. I fucking love that movie. Yeah. Yeah, 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 dude. And Brian Dennehy. Yeah, Brian Dennehy. It could have been a 90s film, didn't it? Oh. Well, it might have been 80s. So been 80s. the government, they just wanted to sweep it under the rug. Oh, they yeah. wanted to charge these guys, to give them a plea deal for manslaughter, and have them serve five years and then get released. Yeah. And they, they were trying to say, "Hey, we were ordered, yeah, yeah, yeah. as a direct order from a, from a superior yeah, officer yeah. to do this. This is not even we did exactly what we were told yeah, to do." Yeah. And they, and it, I, well, I used to think it was great when when you finally realized why they got Tom Cruise mm-hmm. because he was the plea bargain expert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they and thought he was just like, going to oh, roll shit, over and everything. Won't. Yeah, and so for him to come back... Really, he um, was kind of talked into it by Demi a lot of it. It's funny. Her book just came out recently. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, and she's got crazy stuff that came out of it. Really? Crazy oh, stuff. I'd love to read parts of it at I least. <laughs> one of them was like, she was she would wake up at one in the morning in this time period and work out for like six hours. She was so obsessed with her body to try hmm. to get in the uniform that she had to wear yeah. from a few oh, good wow. men. I remember she did it again with strip tease. <clears throat> strip tease, yeah. yeah. She she was working out six, seven hours a day, eating like a cup of oatmeal a day. Jesus. And th- finally, one of the directors pulled aside and says, you got to gain 10 pounds. Yeah. I think for strip tease. Up until probably about five years ago, she didn't look like she, she looked like she was aging in reverse and she looked uh, almost better than she did back then. Yeah. But now she's getting up there the way you can, you can see it a little bit, but she's in her 50s. Uh, but Kevin Pollack is another guy that should be mentioned in this yeah. uh, flick because he was part of that team with Tom Cruise and Demi yeah. Moore. Uh, and the opposite of that team, we've got uh, Kevin, Kevin Bacon, Bacon. Yeah. Who, who went to school with Tom Cruise, and, and they know that they've had uh, interactions together, and they're, they're friends, really. I mean, they yeah. were on, like, baseball teams and shit. I mean, he was Kiefer's like... Role. Kiefer's role was he was under... Uh, under Jessup was J.T. Walsh, and under J.T. Walsh with Kiefer, was Kiefer like Sullivan. Keith, okay. Kiefer Sullivan was a... He was a company man. He was a company way. man. He, he didn't give a fuck. He, it was God and country <laughs> and... The Marines. My favorite line mm-hmm. from the movie: "I love all you Navy boys. When we had to go to fight, you guys give us a lift." Yeah. <laughs> JT Walsh yeah. sort of had a conscience. Yeah, like, yeah, and, and which is trying to be like he... a whistleblower almost. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he ends up. Yeah, that's right. And yeah. he ends up killing himself in full dress yeah. uniform yeah. in the freaking hotel hotel room. Yeah. The forty. Yeah. We should mention this was directed by Rob Reiner too. Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner. Stand by me. Or, yeah, Rob. Fame. Uh, misery. Rob Reiner is one of those directors that people watch movies and they don't really he distinguish. Have a sparkle. He doesn't have a specific thing that you can say. His. Like there's certain shots that you'll see and you're like, oh yeah, this is totally John Carpenter. This is yeah. You can't really. Zemeckis is another one. That always like oh Zemeckis. Zemeckis I can tell because of the music it's sometimes, true too. but it's not true. not Rob Reiner. Yeah, Zemeckis used that Sylv- Sylvester a lot. 
Uh, Dude, I'll tell you one of the I, like one of the favorite scenes in that movie is like when he's telling uh, when Wolfgang Bodison, that's his name. Um, he's the other Marine. Oh, yeah. He never went on to do a whole bunch. He, right? I've seen him in a couple yeah. random things. You know what I mean? But, like, dude, okay, the, dude. The, the speeches that he gives yeah. about, like, just, you know, what is it? Like, country no, and core and honor. Yeah. Yeah. He's fighting yeah, yeah. for Willie. Yeah. Oh, dude. Like, <laughs> he gave such a commanding performance for that, like, smaller role yeah. that he had. Like Christopher Guest came on into this, yeah. remember? Yep. He was like he was the doctor. The he was like the clean cut doctor that you were yeah. like, wait, this is the spinal cap guy? Yeah. Completely he was great. like and that's Played. why he did it because Rob Ryan did spinal tap. Yep. Uh so it, he's a good actor. He's though. a great actor. And you didn't not a bit of being funny. He was just I mean, straight laced as hell. If you watch his comedy, most of it's not a bit of being it's funny. It's true. Either. It's just it's <laughs> a bit of this is a situation. It's yeah. 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 He plays everything straight. Yeah. And, uh, uh, it, it all went down to that whole. I mean, thing. Nicholson, one of his greatest roles, when they were having that lunch early in the day, and he's like, he looked at Tom Cruise like, "Ever get head for some from a superior officer?" Because I think she outranked him. Oh, he shit. was just trying to put him off his ease yeah. too. You mm-hmm. can tell that everything he did was planned and for yep. a reason, and it really went down to. Uh, and and that was their argument when they were in the room talking with each other. He says he wants to be able to say, "This is I gave that damn order, and no one uh, is gonna uh, misbehave." He reminds me of some command in chief we might have yeah that, that you expect at any moment you're to, goddamn right yeah, you, you expect that <laughs> yeah. to be said at, at the podium at, at, at any moment, any moment yeah. and i'm waiting for it and i'm gonna just like <laughs> the do the football rights. arms <laughs> in the air <laughs> i'll be so excited if that happens but yeah. i don't know that was a fantastic movie i mean yeah but uh, I mean, it, it was one of the best court i mean it, it has to be in the you top. want answers i want the truth you want answers <laughs> uh, you can't handle the truth uh, so good man uh probably top 25 yeah I of mean, all time just dramas in general? Movies in general? Yeah, I would say that. It's I mean, really good. It's really good. All right, my next movie, and this is, uh, uh, Justin was talking about some Buried Alive stuff on here, man. And uh, this one, I'll give a little spoilers here because it adds to kind of the continuity of what's happening here with the, the director directing two versions. And this was 1993's, and I, I love this in the movie theater, this is 1993's The Banishing. Now, this was the same year as Demolition Man, so this was Sandra Bullock's kind of like coming out party. She did The Vanishing, she did Demolition Man, and then she did Speed, and then it was off. Oh, wow. After yeah. that. And then she won uh, Academy Award winning Sandra Bullock. Blindside? <laughs> the Blindside was a good movie. Yeah, no, it I was. Loved Blindside. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was literally what I said when I found out she won the Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> Don't make fun of Sandy around me, man. Well, <laughs> touch your nerve, man. Yeah, right? Uh, the Vanishing. Have you seen The Vanishing with Kiefer Sutherland? Speed oh, yeah. Kiefer? Absolutely. Yeah. Is it Bo uh, Bridges? Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Jeff Bridges. Okay. So a, a weird. It was almost Jeff Bridges paying it like Bo Bridges. It was weird. He had a different weird He was a lot slower. And so what happens on this movie, and it's very similar. <laughs> I'd say Bo Bridges is slow. Uh, <laughs> well, he just has a. Uh, a he, he isn't as. Yeah. He isn't He's as, not as uh, dynamic as. Yeah, as dynamic. There you go. As Jeff for sure. Uh, certainly in his role. That's today's I, word I love Bo Bridges. But. This is very similar to the movie Breakdown, which we talked about on the last pod uh, a little bit, where uh, a guy and his wife are traveling. They break down in uh, in this one. He doesn't have enough gas, uh, <clears throat> and then he leaves her at the uh, at the car. And then he goes to the gas station and he comes back. Different from the breakdown. When the breakdown happens, his wife wasn't there. Sandra Bullock was there. So it was one of those things where they just had this fight and you didn't know what was going on. Call it the Sam Neill. Call it the Sam Neill. The Sam Neill? Yeah, when he left the cold kidney. On uh, Deadcom, (laughs) for sure. Uh, But 
Every, everything was fine. It was just kind of established that they that he was that type of guy that would leave her there and everything. And then he came back and they kind of made up and they got to the gas station and everything. And she's like, I'm going to go inside. I'm going to get um, some sodas and everything. You get the gas and out here. And he waits and he yeah. waits and he waits. And she's not coming out. He comes in. He's starting to frantic. Have you seen my wife? This is her picture. Uh, she came in here and says, no, we, I saw her like a couple hours ago yeah. uh, over by the drink machine. And that's about the last time I remember it. And that's it. You don't know what happened to her yeah. and everything. And be, before that, I should mention, because I jumped uh, over a major part, and it's where Jeff Bridges is at his cabin. This, Jeff Bridges is doing stuff at his cabin that you're not sure exactly what he's doing at that point. But then it becomes very clear that he's... Uh, he ends up putting liquid on a tissue, yep. and he's holding it to his own head, and then he clicks a stopwatch. Yeah. And he wants to find out how long him, and he's got he's got a notebook with it says his weight and his size, how long he's he been would planning. be out he's from the chloroform. Yeah. So and he really wanted to do this, and then that happened, and so they, they're letting the audience know this happened. Well, the, the crazy part of this movie is he had a reasoning behind this, remember? Remember, he jumped yeah, in in he, front of his daughter and saved this drowning person, yeah, yeah. and he was glad to be able to share that experience with his daughter, but he had to know whether he could go to the worst end of the he spectrum. Had the opportun- he showed himself saving lives. Now he wanted to see if he, he could was, take a life. Yeah, and that was his... And he, and he was a he scientist. Became, he, was he, became, a, he was a chemist yeah, at the he school. He became obsessed. What was interesting, though, is he... Uh, it was That's this, fucking nuts. This, this, they jumped forward. <laughs> not, as, not as obsessed as yeah. Kiefer becomes. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so they jumped forward three years, and there's a very telling scene that you... At, at first glance, you just think it's them getting ex- exposition out, but it really was a great scene uh, where Jeff Bridges is at the school on the campus walking with another teacher, and they look at this bulletin board, and there's a picture of Sandra Bullock there saying mm. three years uh, disappeared, if you know any information, call it. And then she says, oh, there's a new poster up, and he's like... Like every month, like clockwork, he puts mm. a new poster up. Mm. And then one point, he uh, he sees that the poster is covered with a whole bunch of stuff. And that is the point where Jeff Bridges has to actually interact huh. with Kiefer Sullivan. Not until the point. He was completely happy stringing him along as long as it was a new poster every month. But yeah. the second yeah. that was covered up, he was, he was afraid. He, he must have forgotten about her. And it's his duty to remind him and everything. Wow. But during that whole time... Kiefer starts a relationship with Nancy Travis, who I love Nancy Travis. She's Do one you? of my favorite actresses. Really? Man. Yes, she is. Dave knows. <laughs> I love, she hasn't done a whole hell of a lot uh, recently because she's been on TV, but I loved her in uh, the television show Becker and obviously uh, So I Married Next Murder. I thought she was really great. Uh, he starts a relationship with her, and it's like this kind of hidden relationship where he makes up the fact that he's in the Army Reserves so he can go out every weekend and look for Sandra Bullock. <laughs> That's pretty wow. and put up That's pretty brilliant, though. That's crazy. That's and he has brilliant. this whole command center at this apartment. Yeah. And she ends up Looks very homeland She ends up breaking <laughs> his code uh, in his computer mm. and realizes all that's going on and shows up at the uh, apartment wearing like a, a dark wig like Sandra Bullock would be wearing. He says, is this what you want? Is this oh, what you want? Oh, wow. And she goes in and she's Busted. like, what the hell is going on here? And then yeah. she says, you're either going to have me or you're not going to have me. And he's like, all right, it's all you. I, I realize that I... But not, but he, but not really. <laughs> yeah. Because he, yeah. he gives it up. And then right when he gives it up like a day or two later, that's when uh, Jeff Bridges 
makes a phone call and says, you know, my name is Barney and this is that. And, you, and he shows up at the apartment yep. and everything. He's very calm, gets his ass kicked by yep. Kiefer. Let's yeah. him and, most. And really it all comes down to uh, this great moment where he says, if you want to know what happened to Sandra Bullock, you're going to have to go with me. Yeah. And he takes him almost oh. like on a trip back time. He takes him to the gas station and we see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. He Sandra says you Bullock. have to experience what she experienced. Yeah, yeah. That, that was after. They showed the audience how he got uh, yeah, Sandra Bullock. And he had those infinity bracelets that he talked her into coming back to his car. They even showed some of the times that's he right. fucked it up. Yeah. At one point, he sneezes into it when this uh, this like uh, Asian woman's uh, going through his uh, stuff to try to help him. Yeah. And it, he ends up, excuse me, please, and then goes outside and throws up. And yeah. that, that when he blew up. But the Sandra Bullock one, he was about to leave. He was yeah. almost gone. Yeah. And then she asked him... Uh, uh, for a, like a, a crisper dollar, she was putting it in the vending machine and everything, mm-hmm. and then it just went from there. But it, it came all the way down, and that's what I was mentioning that the this was originally a Danish film, and most people like the original better, and I understand why. It's dark. Uh, it's darker. It's a hell of a lot darker. It's, it's Danish. So now I'm gonna I'm gonna do a spoiler <laughs> alert here too, because it's a major spoiler in the movie, but it also helps me explain to how they ended the Danish version. So if you want to uh, jump forward two minutes, you can. Okay, so you're still with us. <laughs> this is what happens. So he gets Kiefer Sullivan to drink the coffee that's that's drugged. Yeah. And could Kiefer, you drink that coffee? Oh uh, no. <laughs> I would have to assume all that time she's dead. Yeah. I can. Uh, uh, I I'll can, mourn her. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way she's alive. We get that impression. And he's being shady the whole time. You know, it's not going to uh, turn out well for him. So then he wakes up from the drugged uh, coffee, and he is buried. Yeah. In the ground. Right. Look, thankfully, in this whole time, Nancy Travis is doing her best Columbo, and she's one step behind, and she finally shows up, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she's one uh, more question. She has this <laughs> great. She has this great. And this was a, what I liked about this version. She ends up meeting Jeff Bridges' daughter when she showed up at the house. Yeah. And she gives her a lift to the uh, to like the fair where she's not supposed to be. So she's got all this information about his daughter she doesn't know it. Right. And she starts throwing it at him to the point where he goes out to the car and sees that she had drawn that infinity signature on like uh, the glass. The, the glass. Yeah. So he knows that she might have your daughter. He says, "You're gonna you're gonna drink this." And she made him drink it mm-hmm. and everything. And at that point, she had seen the mound of dirt, so she knows what's going on. And she goes and she's frantically uh, digging up Kiefer and. Uh, Jeff Bridges comes back and they have this great fight and everything and yeah. he ends up busting out and all well. In the Danish version, yeah, he dies in that coffin. Does he really? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah. Oh, wow. and Jeff they never find him. Gets in, away yeah. With no it. shit. He completely oh, yeah. gets mm-hmm. away with it. Damn. And they approach the guy that's to life, do the man. movie. See, I wouldn't you don't mind movies cut. like that. I would dude. not. Like, I, no, that's a foreign thing. Yeah. They, they they literally have to check a formula box off yeah. for an American movie yeah. and if that that missed the last. Yeah, like the hero has to win in yeah. every movie. Like, well, the that was his choice too. They he said the only reason he, he the only way he would do the movie is that they allowed him to change the uh, the ending. Really, like that. So it wasn't a forced thing for him too. He, which, already, he did his market research on what we liked. Wow, I, I could see that that ending working just as fine. And I like. Oh the yeah, other, absolutely. The it, it, it both did a really great job uh, being able to convey. The horror of that situation. But either way, was Jeff Bridges was when phenomenal he, in yeah. that movie. Yeah. Oh, he was really phenomenal. good. It was when very he underplayed. He wakes up in too. that coffin with the oh. Zippo and he's screaming. It and reminds like, me of that Buried. Did you ever see the Ryan Reynolds movie Buried? I don't think so. Oh my God. The whole movie, is, he's in the coffin. Yeah. Oh, wow. He wait, the movie starts with him in there. But yeah. he has that faint cell phone, so he can able to get a couple calls off, but he can't tell people where he is. And he, he drops his cell phone at one point. At one point, there's a bag he realizes by his feet, and he opens it up, and there's a snake in the bag. And you're oh, like, oh fuck. my God. It's really fucked up. And he knows he's in Iraq rack someplace because he's a soldier and everything it was worth it but if you have claustrophobic problems you're probably gonna have issues with it all right justin what's your next flick all right so um 
like deja vu. Um, I think I'm going to go. Recall. <laughs> <laughs> do you recall what you're going to do? Not totally. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to go with the Truman Show. Oh, the Truman Show. I love I've it. only seen it once, but it was it was when you find you probably realized he was going to be awesome. I mean, beyond what he was. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he was already famous at this time. He had already done Ace Ventura. I mean, yeah. he already did Dumb and Dumber. Well, yeah, this uh, was the different role color. for him. You know what I mean? This was like him trying this to break like out Punch and say... Was for what's it, it's true. Oh, yeah. and I liked him in Punch Drug. And, well, did you see the new trailer for that uncut gem? Yes, dude. I heard him. it was great. Oh, it's going to oh, be crazy, it man. So good, it, it might dude. get him. Every once in a while, they love giving him, along with uh, <laughs> with Jim Carrey, they like giving him awards well, for Net- that type of stuff. Netflix just loves him. His movies kill it on Netflix. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Adam Sandler movies. He has three film deals. I've seen most of them. Every three years, they give him more film deals. And Jim Carrey's starting to come out uh, he did like a TV show I think like a couple like a year or so I know him for his paintings now and, yeah. yeah his paintings yeah. taunting, like, <laughs> taunting everybody yeah. oh, oh everybody oh. in the White House it's funny as oh. hell but yeah we should talk a little uh, so tell us a little what we're dealing with with the Truman Show because it was a very unique screenplay yeah so basically what it is is um, they've followed him since birth and like have broadcast his life to the world and he lives inside this giant dome that, like, and he has no clue, no idea at all, you know. And Wh- so it's which like, which is a really dick thing, to yeah. Do yeah to it's somebody. Fucking it, everybody knows about it. Yeah, yeah. everyone, that, everyone in the dome with him is yeah. an actor yeah. and by playing the way, a role. By the way, if this whole thing is like a Truman Show on, <laughs> yeah, fuck you, <laughs> at least give me some happiness. <laughs> Can you give us that line again? Yeah. <laughs> Why does it have to be miserable? <laughs> Well, at least Double the six packs. Here's God a puppy. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't need another one. So yeah, everyone he comes into context, and, and you're watching the movie. Everyone seems super nice. Yeah, everyone because everyone wants that like role on it's the very camera small or something Ville. like that. Small, Smallville, uh, no, Pleasantville. 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 It's yeah. very Smallville. Smallville is yeah, totally White different. picket fence. Everything's perfect. Yeah. Um, and it's yeah. it's just a worldwide reality show. And this was made in '98, way before there were. How far into shows. it do yeah. you realize that that you? That this is going. I think it's the very beginning. Really? Yeah. I think, I think it tells I think, because it's kind of being told from a documentary okay, kind okay. of standard. Right. That's cool. And, uh, and Ed Harris is kind of like the, the narrator, but he's also like God. Yeah, he's know? the one who created this whole thing. Paul Giamatti, one of the first things. I think the first thing I saw him in was Donnie Brasco. Mm. He was yep. one of the ones. Remember, forget he, about it. Forget about it. He was telling <laughs> me, what does that mean? Uh, but this might have been one of the second ones. Actually, this might have been after Private Parts. I'm not sure. But uh, he <laughs> was really good at this. But <laughs> also, we should mention uh, Laura Linney. And uh, Noah Emmerich were mm-hmm. were amazing in this movie as his wife and his best friends, yeah. who were the two key players. You thought those uh, Walking Dead guys got a great contract? Uh, yeah. These yeah. guys in this movie, because I mean, you can't leave it unless you want. And uh, I mean, unless you want to kill one. And that's of them, a, well, that's this. an interesting thing to point out that they would throw tragedy in on him yeah. whenever they felt they needed a ratings boost yeah. or something, oh, like that, which is really fucked up yeah. when you think about it. And there it. was no privacy. Yeah. Everything he did through his entire life was broadcast, yeah. you know? I couldn't understand it. him coming out and not realizing this and coming to terms, and we don't get to see that. It would be great to see, like, an extra two weeks at the end of this movie to see how pissed he got. Yeah. Because once he really... Or how much money he made when he <laughs> yeah. sued the shit out of everybody yeah. and all the advertisers oh, yeah. and became the richest this man in the world. This is my dome now, yeah. 
like, yeah. Now it's pay-per-view. Yeah. Yeah. 200 bucks a year. Yeah. But the, the guy that he thought was his dad, I mean, they killed. Yeah. And then when things got rough at the end, they just bring him back. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to, that's, to, classic, that's classic network television. Yeah. For, yeah. for me, some of the best stuff was <laughs> these people that were trying to uh, infiltrate the set or that there was a movement going on to, oh. to free, free Truman, free Truman yeah. or let well, Truman know the, what's going on. The girlfriend on. started it, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Or his wife, uh, Laura Linney. No, oh, that was the, his high school. No, girlfriend it was the girl from Ronan. I totally forgot oh, she was in this. Sarsha. That, uh, no, that's the Irish girl. Uh, damn, I can't remember her name. She is so good too. Uh, she was really great in this movie. I loved her in Ronan. She was the one that got the job for him. Uh, she has those yeah, really big eyes. Nastasha, uh, Natasha McCone. McCone. Yeah, McCone. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say Saoirse Ronan, who's no. uh, the Irish girl. Uh, yeah, I forgot. She was the one who kind of spearheaded the whole thing. And yeah. Laura Linney... Because she almost like gave him up, gave up the show, yeah. remember? And so they were like, okay, we got to get her out of here because she's going to you know, spoil something. Yeah. So they like killed her off or had her kidnapped or like she just disappeared. Amnesia. And, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I think she just disappeared overnight. That's right. And, and he never knew what happened to yeah. her and like moved on and met the other girl yeah you got to see her like leaving her tv at the end as if she was gonna go meet him. yeah i don't think you ever got to I see think her they, i think did they, they did did they meet I, and hug or something like that maybe yeah i can't even remember i thought it was he said that final line he went out that door and that was it yeah no yeah i love that line if, if i don't see you yeah. good afternoon good evening and good night i just like, love the the when he would say it to the neighbor and he would smile yeah and, and get in his car and everything yeah i love the fact that people were constantly afraid that uh, he was gonna find out and and sometimes it was something as easy as that light falling from oh, yeah. like the yeah. sky yeah and and then his laura linney's job was to like oh it's those satellite pieces from that satellite i heard about that that it's breaking off and they yeah. even put a news story out it so he would hear about it yeah and that would like really like <laughs> wag the dog man this is the wag the dog it was really really <laughs> fun to watch because you almost felt like a participant in it even though you knew exactly what was going yeah. on and, and that's it, well, it, go, ahead. go ahead no yeah. i mean that's why it was great to tell the audience right away yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. to watch it unfold was just like dramatic yeah you and, know? and at points that it pissed you off yeah you're you like i, I kind of want to see I mean, what he never signed up for that stuff. yeah he yeah. never signed up for right. it he has no clue and when it starts he has a baby that's would be like us finding out something was going on in our situation and that was yeah. kind of the joke at the time of the uh uh the movie came out and everything and it, it was a fantastic fantastic yeah. flick all right dave what you got i'm pretty sure mine won an award Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to pat myself on the back. Yeah. <laughs> you did nothing for this movie other than buying a ticket. Maybe. I watched it. I watched yeah, right? it in I the paid theater. My ticket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. see, there you go. And maybe this was a, maybe this was sort of a comeback, even though he never really went away. But Clint Eastwood, Unforgiven. Oh, it was this one of his di- directorial. No, he had not debuts. No, he had his return. No, that's the one thing he kept doing was directing. And he I feel like he wasn't on screen for a while. Uh, I think that's this probably came out true. Before in the line of fire, it was one of the last westerns that he had done, uh, and most of his westerns had not hit since Outlaw Josie yeah, Wales. Yeah. This really brought westerns back almost more than it brought Clint back. But Clint's been directing since I think the third. I mean, that makes sense. Uh, he, he has more direct. He definitely has more acting credits, but his directing credits probably is like around forty or fifty now. Wow. Almost to his, at a certain point in his career, he started it. directing all his own stuff. Anything right. you saw him in after like the second or third uh, Dirty Harry movie was all him. On huh. his Talk own, about so. creative control. Yeah, yeah. Right. And then he would branch out and do stuff that you didn't think he would do, like Bridges of Madison County. You're like, what the fuck? Yeah, I never, I never saw that. <laughs> no, I saw but, but that wasn't like uh, billion dollar baby or million. It was million a million dollar or baby. Yeah, that was million. Now, now it's billion. Now it's billion. Yeah. Compound interest. <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, so I, I loved a lot of his stuff. I, I didn't get to see The Mule, which some people love, some people hate. I, I don't know. I didn't see it. I'll, I'll watch it, I'm sure, because I'll I, get to I it. like Clint Eastwood. I'll get to it eventually. But uh, Unforgiven, man. I mean, this did as much for him as it did for Gene I'm sure Hackman, it won an Oscar. Really. It, Morgan it, it Freeman, won the too. Oscar. Morgan Freeman, too. It won the Oscar for something. Oh, I'm sure it did. Oh, yeah. No, I think he best won. Best Picture uh, or Best Directorial. Did, yeah, we'll have to look that up. I think it was Best Picture, but I'm wondering if he won for Best Director also. And it was yeah, such Morgan a, Freeman. So this was after. It had to have been after Shawshank, Shawshank right? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is where he was the hot ticket at the time. So yep. Won Best Picture. Gene Hackman won Supporting That's Actor. That's right. And that was like the only the second director, time he had won an Oscar. I think he won Film for, Editor. And it was nominated, Clint Eastwood was nominated for Best Actor, yeah. nominated for Screenplay, Cinematography, Sound Mixing, Jesus. and Production Design. Yeah. Gene had won for French Connection. I don't think he had won since then. So this was the, and he won for Supporting Actor. He was actor. awesome in this. Oh, he was so good as Little oh, Bill. Little Bill, dude. Oh, man. So that good. Scene, was, so, so tell us. the uh, English Bob? Oh, or? that was, uh, what's his name? Uh, friggin' uh, Richard Harris. So amazing! Yeah. Yeah. Shoot a president. Why yeah. not shoot a president? Oh yeah, that's what <laughs> you want to say. A queen, your hand could literally not pull the trigger for uh, something. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, my he, favorite line: uh, "I heard you were dead, little Bill. Even yeah. I thought I was dead. Then I woke up and realized I was just in Nebraska." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell us what the kind of meat of this. So was. the meat of this is these group of like cowboys, mm-hmm. sort of like what ranchers rough up some and carve up. Um, a couple of prostitutes or yeah, one prostitute, one prostitute yeah because yeah. she laughed at him yeah and laughed what happened is yep. so they were trying to make amends by giving the they said you okay you owe this girl some money and some horses they were mm. trying to get it to get even yeah. and she's Gene like Hackman uh, as a sheriff yeah. yeah yeah and so so they were like no they and apparently they had a I bunch of the, money the, that madam away. was great and yeah, that was great that was. scene when they're trying to figure out how much money she has and like everybody's like yeah. I got eleven dollars yeah that was Francis Fisher yeah. and another girl's like I have four hundred and seventy five dollars and they're like what yeah <laughs> and they were gonna yeah. you know whipping her but that's what she screamed but whipping yeah. well, for what they did yeah, yeah. so yeah. they go on the open market yeah. and look for Leon and well, say and that's when uh, Leon the school field kid is that his name no oh like a professional oh like the professional gotcha. They, they um, went to go. They went to the market to get a professional. <laughs> yeah, and that's when uh, James Wolvet, um, the Schofield kid, comes to yeah. Recruit. He was good, man. He was, he was he really, was good. really he, good. I don't dude. think I ever saw he him was, again. No, I don't think so he either. was really vulnerable. Yeah, like he. And can you imagine having to act with those two yeah. guys? Yeah. Oh god, it's like Jesus Christ. Yeah. You're gonna have to stand there and out act them, and yeah. he, he stayed right with. Oh yeah, both he did of them. great. Yeah. Yeah. Gene yeah, no, Hackman was a great character. I don't think there's a right angle on that house. What, <laughs> <laughs> Saul something, Saul Rubens? There was someone dicta- was his, taking was his biographer. His biographer, who was originally yeah, English Saul Rubinick. That's right. Yeah, he was oh, the great right, guy from right, uh, True right. Romance. Mm. He, he oh, yeah. Come guy. on. We, let's. <laughs> I didn't tell you I don't like cops. Yeah, <laughs> man. Uh, so, yeah, the Schofield kid finds uh, Clint Eastwood, Clint Eastwood yep. because he, he has a reputation that he was one of the meanest. The Schofield kid says, my dad said you were one of the meanest mm-hmm. uh, kind of bounty hunters and you've killed so many people. But he had put that behind him. Because like, buried it. Buried yeah, it. And, his, yeah. and his wife had died and he yeah. had made her a promise that he was, you know, it's that, that warrior promise, like, yeah. I'm never going to use my sword again. And but the money was good and the uh, times were tough yeah. on the ranch. Which one was reluctant to go? Because it was Morgan. either him or Morgan Freeman well, it didn't want to go. They both were, but Morgan Freeman more than him. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, this, this was so crazy to me and I'm sure this happened all the time, you know, in that era. Like, 
He just left his fucking kids. Oh yeah, he left oh, his yeah. kids and yeah, was yeah. just basically You're like, "Twelve, you could take over." Yeah, yes. like I, I mean, back I'll then you were back. twelve, you could take over. Yeah, yeah, yeah you yeah. know, I'll get back when I get back, and you take care of your sister and watch the hogs, and they got the fever and separate them, yeah. and da 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 da. I mean, could you imagine that? Twelve years old in the postscript. I mean, those kids. I mean, they're still on the side of the road. They got walked to the gas station. I'm gonna shed a tear for them little kids. Nobody's coming. Uh, so yeah, they just go off to, and I love how, uh, the, the story gets crazier. Like, uh, like what they did to that woman, cut of her face. She has yeah. no, she has no tits and she has no nose right. and everything. And when he met her, she looked bad, but she, she didn't, didn't look, look she didn't look that bad. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they had, had reservations and they weren't even sure they, they had would, a whole lot of money. And, and remember, uh, once they got there, uh, the Morgan Freeman and them were using, using, that, free, yeah, using freebies, freebies yeah. to, uh, uh Kind of to get some uh, free sex that was taking off the top of that uh, that yeah. reward money, and they still hadn't done anything yet, too. So well, and that's when they're sitting in the bar, and yeah. little Bill comes in, and uh, shit, Clint Eastwood's sick, and he's sitting there shivering. Oh, remember? God, no. and- well. What had it led up to that, right? Or was that before? Yeah, that, that was the end. That was uh, well, well. They had already killed. Uh, that was right before sna- that. I thought Morgan Freeman was right off. Oh, they did kick him out. And they then kick he came him out. Back, yeah, he he, he was sitting that's in there right. and he was shivering and he just was sitting there and like holding his drink, yeah. you know. And that's when he came in and he beat the shit out of him and threw him out and like then. The next time he came back, yeah, they had already killed Morgan. I'm Freeman not supposed to die in, in Nebraska. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I love the scene. Even before that, the scene would jump back when they had those guys pinned oh, down yeah. in the valley. That's my favorite and, scene. Yeah, in the it, movie. It's really, really good. I liked it because he was calling for water. Yeah. And someone's like, yeah. "Give him some water for Clint Christ's sake!" Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, it's he's like, like we're, we're not, we're not going to shoot you. You know, we're, like you know, we're you also realize civilized. That, yeah, we're people. bounty hunters. We also realized at that point they, you could tell these guys were too old to do this type of job. Their yeah. eyes weren't as good. They, yeah. their reflexes weren't as well, good. And remember, and Morgan Freeman couldn't even take the shot. Yeah, it, had to like give it he. To, you know, I can't. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, oh, yeah, but dude, when he said, I'm dying, boys. I'm yeah. dying. You know, like, oh, man, that's like a... It, it was a great Western that brought people back to the genre that did not normally uh, like Westerns. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people went back to give a, a, another shot at some of those old school ones. Mm-hmm. I always liked them because we were we grew up with them, with our dad watching them. If our dad didn't watch them, we probably wouldn't be as that, into that them. That scene at the end, though, was great when he came in. Oh, yeah. He's like, what, are you going to gun me down? Yeah. yeah. Anyone who doesn't want to be uh, killed may as well clear Move out the back. Right. Then half yep. the room just moved. Yep. Ugh. But the great part about that scene is when he gets done, the biographer starts asking him questions yeah. about how'd you know which one to shoot first. Yeah. And he yeah. kind of buys into it just yeah. like little Bill did after yeah. the other guy. It's crazy, man. It was a fantastic movie. You could tell watching it for the first time. We saw it in the theater together, mm-hmm. I remember. Yeah, it was great. And I think our... Uh, our, our grandparents at the time, uh, Grandma and uh, Grandpa Harry, had seen it. I remember because their their biggest complaint was it was so dark, not like subject matter, but just lighting. Right, no, and it and was that last scene it, was oh, yeah. super dark, yeah, right, and very very dark. But it was uh, they they loved it too. And those fantastic are, movie, yeah, really good. All right, my next one here, and this started up. My next two movies are actually done by one of my favorite uh, directors, and that was this was another case where, like Danny Boyle, which I had started watching this guy when he first started making movies, and then he took off with one movie and then just went crazier with another, and that's the great P.T. Anderson. And the first movie I saw with him, and this was a time period where I was watching unbelievable amount of movies at my house and had DVDs for it, and this was one of the ones was 1996 Hard Eight. Have you heard of this movie? I don't think so. Most people have not heard, but I, I hear a, a rumor that it's like $100 yeah. online. To, uh, this is, this. these are the types of movies we started watching yeah, together. Right, be, right before we started making movies. Making movies that made us want to, yeah. it's like, man, we, we don't need explosions and yeah. 
in uh, we could do a good movie that just is uh, that's dialogue driven and uh, just with a good kind of uh, solid screenplay. And that's what was going here. Obviously, Hard Eight was way better than anything we did. But this was so also you- this was also based on P.T. Anderson's. Uh, short movie he did it originally it was called coffee and cigarettes and then that went to sydney it was called sydney and then they uh they eventually gave him money after he had made like a student film of the sydney to make hard eight hard eight was the producers uh they wanted to switch the title they were afraid that it was people gonna think it was a movie about australia so they said let's call it a hard eight he wasn't too happy with it but now it, it kind of is tagged enough with the movie that uh, that you know it from that and what's going on in this movie is you have basically four actors I, I would even say five or six but a lot of them have worked with pt anderson later the great john c Riley, who i had been watching very early on before he started getting uh accolades in movies that you were even surprised to see him in like chicago and shit oscar nominated uh, actor for chicago huh. he can Singing move across the aisle oh yeah all more than places. anybody man. yeah uh, my one of my favorite earliest movies we had seen him in was like uh, we're no angels and state of grace state he was of grace uh, super probably the first thing what that happened to that stan and ollie movie yeah, it came and went, and yeah. uh, people what like it. Called? Stan Nolly, he played uh, st- uh, he played Ollie. Har- oh, Stan Laurel Laurel and Laurel Nardi. Yeah, okay. But the movie was Stan and uh, Ollie. I think it was what it was called. So you've got John C. Riley, who's playing a guy who's kind of down in his luck, and he's just hanging outside. <laughs> he does that well, by he, the way. He does. Yeah. <laughs> he's got that sad sack thing. Uh, like, you saved me from the guineas. Did we just, <laughs> did we just become friends? <laughs> I think we did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so. <laughs> he's, he's, yeah, yeah. He's, and he's not funny in this movie at all there's no, no humor in this Nothing. movie and so you've got philip baker hall who philip baker hall in my opinion is like a national treasure anyways but this movie here was without a doubt the best thing he ever did and if you look up philip baker hall's picture you'll recognize him he was in boogie nights he was he played the uh the library detective in that Seinfeld episode. He was oh, yeah. super funny and you watched him for years as a character in different movies and we'll be talking about him again. So basically what happens is Philip Baker Hollow is an old school Las Vegas kind of grifter. grinder. Not really a grifter. He's not I mean, really he's teaching him some grifts. It, he is, but it's, it's, it's more of a grinder, I think, than anything else. And so he meets John C. Riley outside of a, uh, and you think it's basically accidental. I'm not going to give the ending away, but it, it turns out it's not quite as accidental as you thought it was and he sees john c Riley out in the side and he says you all right and he said he's like yep yeah. he, he says can i buy you a uh, cup of coffee and he he's like why he, he's yeah. he's like you look like you someone who needs a cup of coffee he says you want to talk and have a cup of coffee and a cigarette i'll i'll, I'll give you that and mm-hmm. uh, we'll talk and the next shot is them at the table he says you lose money at uh vegas and he he's like no he said you win money he's like no i broke even he said, "So what's the problem? I could tell something's bothering you." He says, I'm, he, he, and he, John C. Riley's trying to decide what his intentions are in this thing. Why do you care? What do you want to know? He says, "You just look like you're someone that's down on his luck, and I might be able to help. If I can, I'll, I will." Mm. And he's like, uh, "He's like, you got six thousand dollars because that's what I need. I need six thousand dollars to bury my mother." And he's like, "He's like, really? You need six thousand dollars to bury your mother?" He says, "That's very admirable." He says, "How about I take you back to Vegas? I stake you fifty dollars, and..." Uh, then you uh it, you pay it back if you win if you don't it's out on mine he says that's what i can give you he says i can't give you six thousand dollars but this is what i can do for you he says all right so he brings him back there and he teaches him this really interesting racket where he gets a rate card he, he tells him he says he gets him uh, a haircut he gets him a shirt and, uh, to wear and shoes and he 
tells him, he's like, here's uh, $50. He's actually going to need $150. And he said, oh, I knew it. And he said, don't worry, I'll stake you that too. So he says, I want you to take this money and you go to that the pit boss and say you want a rate card. And that way, every time you win money, you have them put that on your rate card. Big work, and, man. Yeah. And so what he does is he keeps cashing in a, like $20 and then he'll go play a little and he'll cash another uh, $20 in and then it, it starts accumulating on his rate card like he's winning a whole hell of a lot of money uh, than he actually is. He's uh-huh. just cashing it in uh, different uh, money here and there. And it, and it adds up to the point where they offer him a free room huh. and he gets it in his room and everything and he, he's... During the whole thing, he accidentally gets up like two hundred dollars, and he's like, "It works." He says, "You can't do it forever." He says, "But, but it works." And he's like, uh, "He says you want to come down and you can gamble with me, and we can uh, have dinner together." And th- that's how it starts. Then it jumps forward like uh, like two years, and he is like a father figure to John C. Riley. John mm-hmm. C. Riley follows him around. This movie sounds he, good. He dude. dresses it's like good. he's. It's amazing. He dresses like him. He ends up meeting Gwyneth Paltrow in the. Who, uh, by the way. I give a hard time to whenever I have a chance. She was great in this movie. Uh, another person, two other people that were great huh. in this was Samuel Jackson. One of Samuel yeah. Jackson's best flakes. Very a lot of people Samuel know. Jackson too. Uh, a bit. No, it was very Samuel Jackson, but you didn't realize it was until you saw like Pulp Fiction because he he was kind of. Uh, That's true. Uh, there was a straight up scene that he wasn't like it was filmed. No, it wasn't stacked, but uh, <laughs> and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman who came in to do one role. There was a uh, he came in and he improvised his entire dialogue from what uh, P. T. Anderson says, and it's at the craps table. <laughs> That's where, who you get uh, if you want him. Yeah, and he's he's kind of belittling Philip Baker Hall, and Philip Baker Hall calls for the hard eight, and then he rolls and he loses the money, and. Uh, he keeps calling him big time and everything. And it, Philip Seymour Hall actually feels bad that he he kind of lost to Philip Baker Hall's money for him and kind of gave him a, a kind of a longingful look that he was sorry. But that was his like one scene. Melora Walters also worked her way in this movie and she was big in Boogie Nights. Uh, but what's going on is he's just he's starting this relationship with John C. Riley. He could tell John C. Riley start hanging out with Samuel Jackson. Samuel Jackson's bad news and he's telling him don't hang out with Samuel Jackson. He says I don't like him. He says don't bring him by my table or anything like this. During this whole thing he kind of starts a relationship with uh, uh, Gwyneth. Gwyneth comes out of a hotel room while John uh, Philip Baker Hall is there and uh, she feels bad. She thinks, oh, I've just been called out. He knows I'm kind of a prostitute now. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you're, she's like, you're going to look at me different. She's like, I'm not going to look at you different. He says, why don't you come have a cup of coffee with me? And then he has a cup of coffee with her and brings her back to the house or to his apartment. And it's a great scene where John C. Riley comes back because he kind of shares the thing. He said, did, did you do anything? He said, no, no, I didn't do anything with her. Yeah. Because John C. Riley kind of is sweet on her and everything. And they start a relationship. Well, when the movie starts getting, uh, there's, there's a couple key kind of action type major moments in this movie. There's the end scene, which I won't talk about. But the scene that kind of brings us up to that is John C. Riley makes a phone call to Philip Beaker Hall and says, I need you to come here. Something's going on. And he meets him at the front door of an apartment at like this hotel room. And he's talking through the door to him. And he's like, are you alone? He's like, yeah, John, open the door. He's, uh, his character's name is John too. And he's like, uh, He's like, you swear, you're going to help me though, right? You're going to help me? And he's like, John, this is stupid. Open the door. It's cold out here. He says, I already told you I'm going to help you. He's, he says, things are fucked up. He says, I just want you to know. And he opens the door and he keeps the light off. He says, John, I'm not going to sit here in the dark. Turn on the light. And they switch the light on. This is P.T. Anderson's just great fucking directing and film styles. You see their reaction to what they're looking at. And they don't show the audience right away. You see Philip Baker Hall's eyes. And he's like, what is this? What is this, John? What's going on here? 
And then they finally show, and it's a big fat guy on his belly on the bed with just a white, uh, like wife beater and like brown slacks. And over in the corner is Gwyneth Paltrow and everything. And he's Phil Baker Hall is just trying to figure out what's going on. He's like, uh, he he's like things just got fucked up. He's like, what does that mean, John? Tell me what what <laughs> happened. He's like, well, he owes Clementine money. He says, why does he owe Clementine money? He says, you know, he picked her up. He and uh, then she finally is breaking down, and uh, he starts to wake up. And John goes over there and like pistol whips him. John's oh, shit. until he falls asleep again. And Philip Baker Hall is like, I don't want anything to do with this. I don't know what the hell's going on. You're not telling me anything and everything. She wants to uh, prostitute herself to this guy. And he's, just, he's like, don't call her a prostitute. And then he's like, why? He says, because she's my fucking wife. And they had just gotten married. Oh, and wow. like right before they even entered the honeymoon, she picks up this guy and she gets drunk and she picks up this guy at the bar, goes there, have sex with him. Then he refuses to pay. <laughs> they said they called his wife. And he's like, you don't think the wife's called the cops? He says, we got to leave here right now. And this is where Gwyneth was great. She's like, that guy fucked me and he owes me money and I'm not fucking leaving without my money. I said, I don't give a shit. You guys get the fuck out of here if you Damn. want. I am not leaving. And they have to like talk her out of getting out of there and everything. And then he finally gets him out of the room. He's like, go on your honeymoon. I'll send you money. As much as I have, I'll send it to you. And you think everything's done until until sleazy ass Samuel Jackson comes up and says, I know shit. Oh, and then yeah. it just goes into this amazing ending and everything that I won't tell everyone about. But man, Heart 8, man. That was one of those movies that when I had heard uh, what his next movie was going to be, I was super excited because uh, uh, P.T. Anderson was, uh, you could tell he had some uh, skill and he was really good. Heart 8, man. Check it out. If you can find it. Then again, I just watched it on like I'll Amazon Prime. I'll buy it off you for 10 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i give you 20. But uh, it's available for free on Amazon Prime if you want to check it out. So at least you can see it that way. Hell yeah. All right, man. What you got? Finals. This is right, the last dude. one. Huh? Finals. Yeah, dude. Um, so this was, man, this was an intense movie at parts. And uh, 1996's Ransom. I remember seeing this in the theater, man. Yeah. They did a really good job in the trailer not telling you the ending too yeah. of what was going on yeah. and they also did a good job in the movie by letting the audience know about 45 minutes before the ending that it was happening right. so we got to enjoy a little bit of what was uh, kind of Chris the pull over our eyes <laughs> yeah. Chris Cross yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah why don't you tell us uh, so this one was uh, dumbass Mel Gibson yeah. we, we give Kevin Spacey his uh, asshole treatment we might as well give it to Mel <laughs> he's right? dumbass or scumbag 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 is more Mel I think than, uh, than complete utter asshole that should be locked up yeah like, like the other one uh, racist uh, we can call him that yeah he's definitely he's definitely <laughs> yeah, a racist for sure so it was filled this was a ron howard movie uh oh, and man. really well done ron howard, movie. Uh, ron howard does he a doesn't lot of make movies, a bad man. movie all the time no not not rarely <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't I, think of whether he did yet so i had one of my favorite movies of all time paul 13 man yeah it will always be oh, one yeah. of my favorites man that was a good him. one uh, so yeah so start a pretty big cast though oh yeah dude you got mel gibson uh Delroy Lindo, Del Roy Lindo. Lindo. Uh, Renee Russo, Gary Sinise. Oh, I loved Renee Russo back then when she was doing a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah. She finally got revitalized doing the Thor stuff, yeah. which I thought was great hmm. because back then in the day, like remember when she was doing Lethal Weapon three, she was like huge. I always loved time. her in Tin Cup. Tin Cup. Yeah, yeah. Dave was a Tin I Cup man. Tin Cup. Like what was the movie? movie? <laughs> Free Jack. Oh yeah, that's right. Got <laughs> that, yeah. that Rolling Stone guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like Mick Jagger doesn't earn the right to be called yeah. Mick Jagger. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so uh, Mel Gibson is... <laughs> Keith Richards carried his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Mel Gibson and Rene Russo are married, um, and he's like a like an airplane mogul. You know, like, oh, I yeah. want to be one of those. I know, right, don't we all? Sign me up. Um, or I got married the body. Yeah. <laughs> I'll chop it up before I bury it. Um, and so you know, he's super wealthy, and like life is good, and everything. And is when going you're well. wealthy, somebody else wants it. Yeah. Right? <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's telling a lot with the uh, with the title of this movie. We certainly knew what See, was going to happen. I don't want other too. people's wealth. I want I want wealth. They can have their wealth. Yeah, yeah. I don't right. necessarily want someone else's. Um, <laughs> and so they have a little boy, um, and they they're they're at the park. Um, and so, yeah, I, it's like a festival or a fair. Yeah, something like that. And I don't remember if Mel Gibson is the one putting it on, or if he's. I know just, he had a lot going on. And I know I know uh, Rene Russo was there with him, um, and uh, so. Sorry, um, got a little distracted there. Uh, <laughs> he just I, can't wait to tell you about this. Yeah, right. Um, and so uh, like they a end up fear or something. Yeah, yeah and yeah. they end up kidnapping yeah. his son um, at the. Uh, Rayno Russo blamed him at one point too. It was one of those. Why weren't you watching him? Yeah, which I, I, I get, mean, but you, yeah, she ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, she ain't wrong. So or he'd still be here. They somebody kidnaps him and they want uh, a ransom of two million dollars for his safe return. You know. <laughs> Um, Dynacorp made one hundred million. <laughs> <laughs> You're aiming low, planes, dude. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, and You're not greedy. Yeah. And so, um, basically, I don't believe that I'm being marked down. Yeah. <laughs> I think what they thought was, I think what they thought was that, like, you know, that was a sensible payment. It wasn't uh, too much money, yeah. like. Um, and so, uh, Delroy Lindo is like. You know, he's an FBI agent, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's he's like a FBI. recovery specialist, like kidnapping specialist. And he wants you know? to go buy the book. You know, this is how things usually work. And yeah. this is, unless you, I will keep, if you do what I say, I will keep your son alive. Right. And up to and a certain. He wasn't too sure about that. He probably. was cool with it for a while. but Up to a know, certain point. Um, and he was that type of guy that wanted to be in control of all the situations. And I think that's what frustrated Mel Gibson most in this movie is that he had to just sit back, wait for phone calls, and yeah. do what these people say and do what right. the FBI said. And eventually he decided to say, you know what, I'm I'm not going to do what any yeah. of you say. That scene, and, that one scene. Yeah, is and he goes on. Scene. Oh, my gosh, dude. He goes on TV. He goes on the news. Um, and basically says, like, as everybody knows, you know, my son's been kidnapped, and he's got $2 million just sitting in front of him, and yeah. he's just like, and to the person who has him, this is as close as you'll ever get. And he ends up offering it as a reward. <laughs> yeah. for a bounty the, on Dude, oh, my God. Oh, and you're like, this guy's Dude, yeah, way to flip the script, dude. <laughs> it, at this point, too, we had only seen, like, one of the kidnappers, and it was Donnie Wahlberg. And, yeah. Which was, like, the first thing I think we had seen Donnie Wahlberg in. I don't think we had seen him in any other movies until then. This was before Sixth Sense, because Sixth Sense happened in, he like, 99. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, we knew it. Yeah, Remember he's that? A, he's the right stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> That's what they say. We got the oh, right oh, stuff for you, man. Oh. <laughs> uh, and he was great in this movie. He was like the sympathetic. Like right. He yeah. felt bad. Yeah. You don't have to be mean to this kid. Uh, hey, kid, you're all right. He was checking on him and everything. You kind yeah. of felt really kind of... Uh, he never he, saw the other guy, right? Gary Sinise was hidden. That's what made the end, right? <laughs> you might as well go out and say it. I thought you had already said it. We can edit that and go back. And pretend, that, pretend that didn't happen. No, that's cool. This, was, this movie's 20 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. It's sure. more than 20 years old. Uh, well, um, it, uh, yeah, so yeah. Gary Sinise, who is a police officer, 
Um, what you and, talking about him for? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, and he like he's he's getting close to retirement, isn't he? And he's like not going to be able to live off of his retirement. Yeah, or I think he like just that. wanted to kind of uh, supplement his. <laughs> Whole Foods is hiring. Yeah, I know, I know, right? Um, but also, uh, Liev Shriver and Lily Taylor yeah. are, and they're they're really good. Lily Taylor, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, Lily Taylor's great in everything, man. She plays that who did she indie, play? indie character actor. She's one of the. No, girl, I know who she kidnappers. Is. Who did she play though? Uh, one of the kidnappers, I think. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. Liev Shriver yeah. is that what's his name too? Uh, uh, I don't no, know. I didn't know that. That's the kid then, I guess. All grown up. Oh, is that Nick Dolte's son? It is Nick Dolte's son who played the little kid. I forgot about that. Jake. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, what is it there? Bradley? Ebony. Bradley Nolte? Uh, Next I, to Delroy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's Nick Nolte's son. Like he guy. played the, huh. yeah, a little bit. But I forgot, I had known back then, but I completely forgot about it. No well, that was what easy. was shady about Gary Sinise, too. <laughs> uh, I love, one of my favorite scenes is because it was it was straight out of something from uh, Dirty Harry. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he made Mel Gibson run all over the city to make sure that he wasn't being followed. Remember, he made him jump in the pool with your clothes on. Don't take your clothes off. Well, wait, Mel Gibson the, uh, did that to... Uh, no, Gary Sinise made Mel Gibson do it. Oh, okay. He I was following you. him behind him on talking him on the police band with his voice altered and shit mm-hmm. like that. And he told him that whole story about uh, the time machine with the uh, the Morlocks and the uh, the ones that the creatures on the ground that snatch people up. Mm-hmm. Remember that's what yeah. like, that's what you are. You're you're snatching people up where you shouldn't. And uh, that whole stuff was great. I love how Gary Sinise at one point once Mel Gibson flipped the switch on him, he had to flip it back. And be like, all right, now I'm going to have to be the kid, the guy that rescues the kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which will be easy because I'm the one who's kind of controlling the dumbass kidnappers. Yeah. Who eventually he ends up shooting them, doesn't he? Yeah. He ends up yeah. taking yeah. out the kidnappers. Yeah, he does. Does He's Donnie like, get away or he dies too? I don't uh, know about Donnie. But I think Donnie, the I think they all die. Yeah. Like, I know this. Lily. Yeah, yeah he anyway, shoots yeah. Lily in the fucking gut. Man. I totally forgot Liev was one of the uh, kidnappers too, yeah. man. He was great. Um, yeah, and then, you know, since we've just gone ahead and into detail about the whole thing, you know, at the end, uh, when Gary true. Sinise, who's the hero, and he shoots himself in the arm, yeah. remember? Yeah. Should have um, just sent the check through the mail. Yeah, <laughs> he, he comes and he wants to, you know, meet Mel Gibson and pick up the check in person or whatever. And uh, I guess Mel Gibson wants to meet him because yeah. he saved him. And the kid comes in and Gary Sinise is looking one way and the yeah. kid walks in behind him and he just hears his voice and he just freezes in the hallway and just starts peeing his pants. Yeah. And like Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson sees it and knows exactly what's going on. He almost like, he shoots a look to Mel Gibson almost saying that guy was yeah. involved. And yeah. Mel Gibson's like nodding and telling mm-hmm. him yeah. Yeah. I got this. Powerful oh, ending. Oh, yeah. God, man, it was really fun really fucking good, movie. It was a fun movie. And yeah. another movie that you didn't know what you were gonna gonna get when you went in there before it was. Yeah, and uh, once that twist with him offering the money as a ransom or as a bounty, oh man, it's great. Yeah. Good stuff. What do yep. you got, Dave? Number one. Nine number one, definitely in my top ten of all time. Wow. I put a, this was a great decade yeah. for movies. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Oh definitely. Um there's probably some movies that I could have used that I didn't just because we've talked about them before, mm-hmm. that it would be in my top 25 as well. Yeah. But uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, oh, yeah, dude. Probably top five drama movies from that year. I mean, I would imagine IMDb has it rated in the oh, top Oh, pretty 20. high, man. Pretty high. And this was one of those movies that everybody remembers the first time they watched it. Everyone was super surprised at how extreme that opening sequence was. Uh, it was tough to watch. It was tough. I could imagine, and you hear about veterans watching it and being yeah. freaked out. Mm-hmm. There's no way that you didn't realize. And anytime Spielberg 
This is David Harvey writing about it. Yeah. Did I say that already? Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Spielberg just want. I mean, he's a brilliant storyteller, and he does what every movie should do. It's a big event. Yeah. Pick something the first... small and follow that little yeah. people. Just like, almost like the Band of Brothers was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the background is the bigger thing, which is the war. What we're going to follow is this small group yeah. interacting in a different situation during that war. Beautifully cast. This first time he's, I think he worked with Tom Hanks, not until Catch Me If You Can did he work a second time with him. So this might have been the very first time. Huh. And you get... Tom Hanks, I mean, you're already getting the best. Hey, half your job's already done. Then you, uh, Tom Sizemore, one of his who is best uh, roles uh, ever. one of be- Tom Sizemore's best roles, Barry Pepper's best yeah. role. Oh, yeah. Uh, Vin, Diesel, Vin Diesel did super, a good job. Super yeah, early. Right. No I one knew who him. the fuck Vin Diesel yeah. was. This was before Pitch Black, and that was where he kind of blew up. And uh, who else? Uh, the, the guy with the uh, pen. Up him, uh, up Jeremy, him. Uh, Jeremy Davies. Uh, Jeremy Davies, man. So freaking good in this oh, movie, yeah. too. Uh, I mean, he gets Giovanni Ribisi, one of the best yeah. uh, death scenes. Oh, that was such a, that is, of all of them, Ooh. that's probably the toughest one. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty bad. Yeah. He was a very likable character, too, and he was only there to help other people, yeah. you know, and then he, he couldn't help himself. Yeah. And I loved Tom Hanks. Tell us, tell us what to do. Tell yeah. us what to do. Yeah. yeah. And it was, was just tough to it was difficult, man. Morphine. They, they had no idea morphine. what the hell they had to do, man. It was just situation I think it, I don't think situation. there was anything. No, yeah. Do. I think he, he got just shot kept by a Browning him. 50 caliber. Yeah, like, he just kept telling him morphine. The Vin Diesel one, too, when he grabbed that girl. He looks just like my sister. I'm sorry, sir. I can't leave her here and everything. Oh, my God. You knew going into it being the subject matter that it was going to be this tough thing, especially when you heard that they were going to do. We should talk about that opening scene. Once you, it, it really that I jump ahead a, a little bit when I watch it. I just I find that stuff with old Matt Damon to be really cheesy, like really really yeah, cheesy yeah. when he's yeah. visiting the grave. Yeah, I didn't even need like that. right. That, yeah. You don't even. Need, no, I almost don't. didn't even yeah. need Matt Damon at the end of the movie. Like no, I I, I kind of did. I kind of oh, do you mean old again? The cemetery. The scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I could have done without either one. I mean, I get it for storytelling purposes. Yeah, I would have kept that completely out of it. Um, uh, I do Luke, like the Luke stuff with. Him the I mean, like, like, I like the stuff that. with the guy from Fargo when he when he we got to get him the hell out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yep, and and, the, and uh, Giamatti was had a great scene in here. Yep. Um, yeah, Paul Giamatti did the have guy a guy from scene. Cheers. Uh, Ted Danson. Ted Danson, Ted Danson had, had a really great scene. Oh, Remember we right. told yeah, the guy about that. Yeah. His brother was dead. Yeah. Now with like, the wall falls down, and he said, "How did he die? He's nine. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, God. About that. Was it Giamatti or Ted Danson when the wall? Giamatti. Yeah. I got to get this hitchhiker out of my boots. Been bothering me all day. Yeah. Oh, he was yeah. Sick. And then he knocks he the wall down, and the Germans are all behind it. He's like screaming and pointing. And Ted Danson is the one up yeah. on the scaffold. Oh, that's goes, right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, takes them right. all out. And yeah. it's brutal. Yeah. I have to rewatch stuff. it. I haven't seen I forgot it's, all about that stuff. It's a sensory experience. Yeah. The the opening scene is... Oh, it preps you. ...is difficult <laughs> to watch. <laughs> it yeah. totally is. You don't realize it. If you have any question of what went on at that point, you just watched the... They did not like shy away from showing yeah. how it was. I yeah. mean, if you, if you aren't moved by some guy picking his own arm yeah. up and uh, not realizing that yeah. he's just God. been shot and the stuff they do with the earring. When they come, and, when they come into the camp mm-hmm. and they find the general that crashed in the, and yep. the one guy from the aliens, the one that freaks out all really well. Mm-hmm. Oh, Marshall Bell was in this? He's like, Oh no, yeah. Leland. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're like, Oh, it was just too, Leland it was Orser, just too yeah. heavy. It was just, we just came out. It was just too heavy. Yeah. And so, Finally, the first time Tom Hanks loses it. Remember, he's screaming to all the refugees walking yeah. through. Private Ryan, does anybody know Private Ryan? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this it one just guy randomly says, like, "Yeah, hey, isn't there a Ryan in your platoon?" And like, that's the guy that got hit with the grenade. Yeah, 
Oh yeah, that's I right. love I love this movie. Oh yeah, wasn't that the guy from uh, Remember the Titans? Yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah, I think Ramel. it was him, the, the big white yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, huh? Yeah, because he was screaming his whole yeah. lines and everything. Yeah, I yeah. got hit by uh, that's something. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the bridge scene at the end just oh, comes down to it, man. Killed it, man. Yeah, I love man. the idea that the the moral quandary of we have killed all these human beings to yeah. save one human being. Right, and it's just <sighs> that Lincoln letter that he read. Yeah. Is real. Oh, really? Four brothers went down, yeah. and Lincoln wrote the mothers, mm-hmm. and that's what led to the United States military passing an act where I think you can't serve in the same platoon or the same ship uh, ship yeah. as your brother because it also happened in if one dies in an explosion, you don't want all of you don't them want you mom's don't want whole family, family to get yeah, wiped yeah. out. Right. One thing, I mean, yeah. and that's what happened. She got four letters. Remember, they got four oh, yeah. letters. Yeah, wasn't the Brian Cranston was in this too? He's the one was that, he? at the beginning. Oh, really? Remember, he had one arm. He oh, was the yeah. one that had the letters and ran. Oh man, in. I totally forgot that wow. Brian Cranston did that. Yeah. Yeah, oddly enough, this only has an 8.6 on IMDb. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I I totally agree. Unless it's traumatizing. There's just so many movies out there and so many are rating now that it pushes some of those uh, ones down there. Think of who's rating stuff now. It's yeah, younger people. <laughs> I give everything. Well, it was a hoax. <laughs> <laughs> no, I almost give everything wasn't. a ten just so I can help the movie get their yeah. rating up mm. for the most part. Because if I'm on Unless there looking sucks. at a movie, I need to do you, that to go on fishing. Yeah, <laughs> you got someone to go man. one you would, million. You know what you would need? <laughs> if you built an algorithm that clicked a button <laughs> every tenth of a second for the next three hundred <laughs> years. <laughs> You got a six point oh in your I can your get it up mode. there, baby. Six point oh. Joe Pesci's like, how did Gone Fishing get up that? Yeah. It's gone above Goodfellas. Yeah. <laughs> I've gone cult. Yeah. I knew what happened. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon had seen a sneak preview of The Irishman. He oh, tweeted yeah. about it the other day he and said, it was, said it was absolutely frigging phenomenal. Awesome. They said the stuff between Joe Pesci and Al Pacino was like next level. Wow. Good. So uh, super excited. Have to they have had that a lot of screen time together? No. And that's, I don't know if they've ever had time I'm together. I'm trying to think. Wow. So like putting it. them together because you hear that movie and you automatically think Joe Pesci is going to be with De Niro. And I think he's more with Pacino in that movie. I mean, so. Having him with De Niro was almost too cliche at this point, right? Yeah, do, sure. do you remember on Saturday Night Live when that dude used to do the, the oh, Joe the Pesci show? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, Jim Brewer. Yeah, yeah, Jim Brewer. Yeah. And he had bite on, what's uh, his name? Yeah, oh, he had Pesci Dan on Connor. one time. And he had De Niro. Oh, and they, and they no, beat they him showed up. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, like, and my friend Mr. De Niro says a lot more than, I've heard things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just remember them beating them with a bat, but the bats were so flimsy. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. like, looking like he was beating them yeah. with a pillow. Um, oh, God, that was so funny. Right. Yeah, right. It won a few yeah. awards, too, I think. It did. I'm sure. All right, this next movie, and this is one of my all-time favorite movies. Of, uh, just all-time, man. <laughs> it's on my top ten. <laughs> it's all my all-time favorite movies yeah. on Tuesdays. Oh, <laughs> no, this one is stuck, man. And I watched this movie a crazy amount of times when it first came out. It really kind of... Uh, there's two movies that really wanted me to make movies more than anything, and that was Pulp Fiction and this movie, 1997's Boogie Nights. Mm. I absolutely yeah. friggin' love Boogie Nights. This is P.T. Anderson at his best. A lot of people would argue that uh, uh, that the Daniel Day-Lewis There Will Be Blood is his best, but uh, th- uh, this is right up there, man. I just love all P.T. Anderson stuff. And it really is an it. awesome movie. It is unbelievable. I mean, it is epic in scale of how it's told, how the family is kind of brought in. The characters, man. I mean, he casts so many colorful characters. Oh, yeah. That when you saw Philip Seymour Hoffman or Philip Baker Hall or Burt Reynolds or Roller Girl. Or, or John C. Riley. Or John like, C. Riley. You know, it's Some crazy. people say I look like Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really? 
<laughs> you, know, you know, it's crazy, like, because I saw, and I think this was before a lot of his comedies, uh, John C. Riley's. Yeah. You know? This was early and on. So sure. when no, I well, saw... Uh, Heart Eight came before it, for sure. The year before it, though. Heart oh, Eight came yeah. out in 96, and P.T. Anderson knew what he had with John C. And, 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 you know, the thing is, is when I saw him in those, like, Will Ferrell comedies yeah. and stuff like that, I'm like... Dude, wait, is this the same guy from Boogie Nights? Because, yeah, yeah. like, this guy's fucking hilarious. Like, you know, it was just to yeah. see that that flip side on him is just amazing. And, for me and I remember him when he was an early character. <laughs> yeah. I, no, like I said, I remember when again. he was early, early in his uh, career, too, to see him up there, and it was amazing. And this definitely changed Mark Wahlberg's kind of uh, career for sure. I mean, it jumped him right up there, and it revitalized Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds had not been doing hardly anything. Well, tell yeah. the story behind this. Burt Reynolds scene, fired yeah. his agent after the movie uh, uh after the movie was made, he thought it was going to be a joke, and then he got, and then he ended up winning the Golden Globe for best actor. <laughs> I bet he's the only agent to ever have gotten fired to have the person yeah. win a Golden Globe. Yeah, oh, I'm I sure. bet he sat back like yeah. this and was yeah. like smoking a cigar. Yeah. And, P.T. Anderson had this. This was a lifelong movie that he always wanted to do. I had, if you watch the the commentary, is really amazing commentary, because he actually goes to these actors' houses and he cuts in, like he goes to Melora Walters' house and talks to her. Then he goes to Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg is very candid. Talks about him breaking his dick back in the day and how it turned black, and it had well, a whole story about him well, talking about breaking his dick. <laughs> and then he he goes and he talks with uh, what's her name from. Uh, from Hannibal, what the hell's her name? Julian Lewis. Julian Moore. I mean, Moore. basically, this is sort of like the John Holmes. It is. It is. Backstory. It is exactly mm. the John Holmes because, story, and and the Wonderland part specifically. Yeah. Because I think, and I should mention the great um, Philip Seymour Hoffman was unbelievable in this movie. So as, such uh, an idiot. <laughs> yeah. Such an idiot. So stupid. <laughs> stupid. And stupid. Uh, also Thomas Jane. Thomas Jane was really good because you got to see basically. The, the life of a porn star since from being a dishwasher to fame to having all this money Coke to being it taken all away from you because he got so obsessed with drugs. Halfway through this movie, very similar to like Goodfellas, this became a drug movie. Oh, yeah. And it was oh, like yeah. an intense drug movie where they were doing whatever they want. And that scene at the end where they were going to rob Alfred Molina was straight up Wonderland. Yep. That was exactly what was going on with John Holmes in real life where he really? got into the wrong crowd and he decided to, uh, to owed, break into that guy's house. He owed a bunch of money and, and he was going to break went, in. He couldn't do it himself. Yeah. And in Boogie Nights, at first they were just going in to sell fake Coke. Yeah. You know, and then Thomas Jane lost his mind. Yeah. Talk about building as a director, building a sense song, right? of, uh, well, there's a lot of them that played. Well, Jesse's Girl was one of them. You well, had Night Ranger. Mo- Motorin uh, was the height of that. No, that was, scene, uh, uh, yeah, by Night Ranger. Yeah. Uh, Sister Christian. Sister Christian. But it, it, that was the line, Motorin. Yeah. Uh, Motorin. Yeah. yeah. And the, him playing his 80s and, mixtapes. And the and kid just throwing firecrackers. Firecrackers. Oh, my God. That was so creepy of an element to just have in that. It was like, probably my best. If I was going to teach, like, film school, I would show that scene every year because it is the perfect example of how you build tension you have different things going on one of my favorite thing mark Wahlberg ever did he didn't even have to say a word remember when things started getting bad in that scene and john c's trying to talk to uh um Mark Wahlberg and it looks like he's out of it he's just staring straight ahead but he's moving his eyes and you can tell he's thinking mm-hmm. he's thinking and he's trying to figure out and then he takes a deep breath he's alright we're going and yeah. he says sorry sir we, we gotta take off and then that's when Thomas Jane says yep we're not leaving yet yeah. you got something 
in your that floor safe and you're gonna give it to us. Yeah. And then Alfred Molina says, You gonna you gonna fuck with me? And yeah. oh man, it just goes so bad. Well and the bodyguard's there too. Yeah. And the bodyguard know. gets shot in the chest by Thomas Jane. He tried to reach for his gun. He points it at him and tells him not to uh, not to move, and then shit just goes bad because uh, Alfred Molina like darts yeah. out of the room, and then right. he comes out like Scarface, uh, and then shooting at him and shooting the car, and then it forces uh, kind of uh, it's a dramatization of what really happened. it's crazy. And you want to talk another scene that was almost as intense when they were jumping? It reminds me a lot of the Requiem for a Dream sequence at the oh, end yeah. where they're jumping between yeah. Jared Leto getting his arm cut off mm-hmm. to Ellen Burson getting the shock treatment to uh, the Wayans guy uh, like throwing up in jail mm-hmm. and they jumped between them so fast there was that scene where Roller Girl's in the back of the limo yeah. having sex with the guy Mark Wahlberg is getting his ass beat yeah. in the parking lot Don Cheadle's getting brains blown on his face because he goes to the donut shop and That's someone right. comes in to rob the donut shop didn't he just shop. find out he's going to be a dad yeah, too yeah his pregnant wife's in the car he goes in there Right. And remember, he steals the money. He gets yeah. the uh, he sees like the guy, you know, that guy that uh, trains all the NFL teams. Oh, he was yeah, the one yeah. sitting the in, the, in the booth with the mustache, and uh, he he trains a lot of the. And anytime they do an NFL like uh, movie, this guy mm. comes on. He's an ex NFL player and uh-huh. uh, character actor. That he comes in. That's why you always see him on like the sidelines or something yeah. like that in a lot of sports movies. Huh. But he played the guy that was in the booth with a gun. He reached in, pointed it at the uh, the guy robbing the place, and. Shot him. Remember, he he falls down and shoots that other uh, the clerk in the head, and the clerk's brains bust all over oh, wow. like John Tito's face. At least they weren't John Tito's brains. Yeah, yeah. But remember, he was wearing complete yeah. white suit. He just That's come from right. his wedding, yeah. and then he looks down at that money, and then you just see the sweat mm-hmm. of it and everything. Uh, Louis Guzman was great in this movie too. We didn't mention him. Oh yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, William H Macy. Remember, his wife kept having sex with everyone. Oh, that scene, yeah. the that party, scene was he when he turned the eighties, like yeah. the yeah. seventy nine to mm-hmm. eighty, when he went and blew his brains off in yeah. front of everybody. Oh, I mean, Ricky fuck. Jay was in this movie, and he was fantastic right. in it before he was doing all his uh, magic. Magic stuff and uh, the Colonel, like the Colonel guy that was played great. Colonel, is a super he, creepy role. Uh, like he remember he got into trouble for being. Pedophile. That was a friend of P.T. Anderson, like a friend of his dad. So he came in early on and shot uh, scenes with uh, uh, P.T. Anderson as the Burt Reynolds character, just to get to Some show it to the studios, to show to the studios that this is what we could do. So he was a family friend. So they worked him into this huh. movie. It's funny they uh, picked Burt Reynolds. What's that? It's a it's a yeah. weird he the, choice. He had I mean, the fight for Burt Reynolds too, and it, it did work great, man. As Jack, man, he was so good, and it changed his career. I mean, when he went on to do a lot of stuff that he would normally do after that, and certainly P.T. Anderson. I still had never not seen that um, the one where he's the, doing the tailor with Daniel Day Lewis. Oh, I heard it. Had you fantastic. seen it? Uh, I, I love the Master. The Master was amazing. P.T. Anderson movie, and you said you saw the the Vice, Inherent Vice. It was great. It was good. Yeah. I had never seen it, and and I probably should go see it now that Joaquin's about to win the Oscar uh, for the Joker. So uh, I'm curious to see what P.T. Anderson goes on to do. At the time, I also liked Magnolia. I should mention Magnolia. What's this? Frogs his next from the Yeah, with the frogs finally. Mm-hmm. John C. Riley playing the cop in that movie. Was Tom Cruise in that uh, one? Tom Cruise. That's he where he... acting like Tom Cruise would probably be like... <laughs> <in real life. laughs> he killed it, man. He killed it. I hear he's actually... Take a... those fucking dogs. I, <laughs> no, I hear, I, I hear he's like Sorry, a, Tom. a sweetheart. Jeez. But, uh, <laughs> take a joke, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Who's the first AD? <laughs> Punch him in the face. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Yeah, P.T. Anderson's still great. I During this movie, if you watch the making of it, or maybe it was Magnolia, uh, he was dating Fiona Apple at the time. Oh. And it was really interesting. They I bet saw he was them a on the set. Today. 
Huh? <laughs> I bet he was a vegan at that time. Yeah, she was pretty crazy vegan at that time. Whatever happened to her? I don't know what the hell she went on. The she day, wasted away from no yeah. nutrients. I know. <laughs> <laughs> she, poof. Yeah. She didn't die. She just assimilated back yeah. into the vegetable world. Yeah, and, and it's obviously a... Uh, I saw her live. Uh, she was good, actually. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Boogie Nights is a, a difficult subject matter. It's not for everybody. Yeah. It's I mean, not. It, it's, it's, a, it's a drug movie. It's a very difficult movie. It uh, shows a lot of difficult scenes. It's got, uh, got, dealing, it's got it's pedophilia. It's yeah, got it's got, it's got rape. It's got, it's got, it's got, it it's got suicide. Yeah. It's got... Uh, yeah, it's some very uncomfortable subject matters, but if you it's don't a have a problem with it, wonderfully dark movie. Yeah, it's de- wonderfully dark, but it's not for your grandmother. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember it reminds me of a story that uh, my uh, wife was went to her grandmother's house when she was still alive, and she had uh, was uh, just hanging out there and visiting, and she saw her bookcase, and she saw American Psycho on the bookcase. She's like, "Grandma, is this your book?" "Oh yeah, I picked it up. I had heard things about it." And she's like, "Yeah, I'm taking this from you." <laughs> <laughs> and she took it home. She's like, "Yeah, no, and you read yeah, it." No, you're not gonna get this. Ar- you're not gonna get the subtext. Yeah. You, you, you know, <laughs> You should be thanking me. You don't know why you should be thanking yeah. me. You should be thanking me. <laughs> yeah, so that's a not... clockwork orange. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like orange. So, Boogie Nights, check it out, man. That was 90s drama, man. There's, like Dave said, there's a lot we could have done on this list. We'll work it on the other lists, or uh, you could go back and listen to some of our other ones. We did a 90s thriller, which I, I didn't never... We did go back and check what our picks are. Hopefully, it weren't mirror. Yeah. Mine was yeah. very yeah. Yeah. A few good men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, next week we've got some character actresses to talk about. We got a great crop of uh, really great ladies that uh, have been killing it for like 20, 30 years. Uh, some some of them fifty years, and we're going to be talking uh, some of the flicks they've done. Uh, I'll be back years. from uh, Iceland <laughs> by that point. I'll be back from Iceland, so I'll uh, kind of regale us uh, with some stories some, of wonderment, some, some cool yeah. stories of what uh, happened there or what didn't happen there. So we'll uh, hopefully <laughs> some exciting stuff to uh, to relay. Winter is coming. <laughs> it's <laughs> cold. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I got to relay. Uh, hopefully, my wife. Can handle that. <laughs> she's yeah. not used to that type of cold. She, she she's a have, South Florida girl, man. And she's, so. and she's petite. Yeah. yeah, yeah, layers. She has to buy the layers, though. Like, yeah. where I, I still oh, we got, got layers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, if you want to get a hold of us, you can uh, check us out on Facebook at Fascinated with Films. You can. Uh, uh, listen to us on SoundCloud and iTunes. Leave us, uh, leave us a like or a uh, comment. You can also hit us up on email, fascinatedwithfilms at gmail.com. We'll get back to you. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back to you next Saturday with some uh, character actors. And then we got some exciting stuff. We're, we pimped it last week, but I'll pimp it again. Our Halloween episode is coming up. A whole lot of horror and a whole lot of uh, cool cool stuff we're going to be doing on that episode. So. You could probably make a good clip of all the time he says, Super special. Good stuff. This is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the movie ever. You got to pimp your own shit. Absolutely. got to do it. So. Yep. All right. Till next week. See ya. Peace. Bye. Bring me everyone. What do you mean everyone? Everyone!